Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an amazing week uh, night tonight because it's been an amazing week. It's been an exciting week for me. Um, I don't remember, you guys remember me talking about this last week, but uh, I'm going to tomorrow morning be leaving for uh, a mountain here in Oregon where there used to be about 2,000 gold mines and a big gold mining boom town until the California gold strike hit and everything here was abandoned because it was supposed to be, you know, like pebbles lying on the ground. Easy there. So, you know, everybody ran off down there. There's probably about 20 mines that are actively being uh, worked on this mountain at the time, or right now. And I'm going to be going up and camping for a week on one of them and uh, exploring the mountain and all the the old abandoned miner shacks and the old mines and, and all this stuff. And it's really cool. And I bring this up and I share this because, you know, I always, I'm always telling you that you have to have input in order to have output. And I really think that living life and doing things that are strange or different or where you're going to learn or experience something. Um, you know, those are just as important, if not the most important things, kind of input you have to have in order to be able to write passionate and amazing and fascinating output things. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. You know, I'm, I'm going to hear all kinds of old minor ghosts' voices on the wind and and um, it's just going to be flipping amazing up there. So I'm really, really excited about that. I'm looking forward to being able to do that. I'm really forward, looking forward to being able to just sit and relax with you guys tonight. It's been a go, go, go week. So uh, being able to sit here and unwind with you guys and listen to you read and share your poetry is just going to be just what the doctor ordered for me. I'll tell you what. If you want to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We are having some issues with the line right now, uh, the lines right now, so uh, we have the text working on that. If you are trying to call in and you're getting a fast, busy signal, uh, just keep trying. It'll let you in eventually. I know that they're working on the lines now, so... Uh, yeah, if you're trying to call in, keep trying. I've got some announcements and stuff I'd like to go over before we start the show. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you are more than welcome to do so. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. It is my very absolute firm belief, um, like rebelling against the elitist belief, <laughs> that everybody has something to teach and everybody still has something to learn. And so, you know, you can just pick a, a topic that you're interested in. You could talk about your favorite era of poetry or your favorite poet or your favorite genre, or your, you could uh, talk about your favorite form of poetry. 
and how to write like a haiku. Uh, you could talk about a specific poem, and like the Red Wheelbarrow from William Curtis Williams, who that's uh, like one of the most controversial, debated poems ever written. I think. Um, you know, you can talk about what a, what a poem means. You can talk about editing poetry. You can talk about writing it. You can talk about putting a chapbook together, about publishing it, whatever it is you want to do. Um, you can do an actual workshop <laughs> where you walk us through step-by-step step in a formula to where we have a created finished poem at the end through your guidance. Whatever it is you want to do would be awesome. You can do these live or pre-recorded. So if you want to pre-record it on your computer and send me the MP3 file, you're able to do that. We can also do a live call. Uh, where we talk to the public live and, and do the show with that interaction, if that's important to you. Or we can do a combination of both. We can like play the first half of the show pre-recorded, the uh, second half live, whatever we need to set up. So, yeah, it would be awesome to have you do one of those. I want to thank all of our sponsors who helped us with our licensing fee to keep us on the air for 2019, our 13th season on the air with you guys. I uh, just want you to know, appreciate you guys, and we love you very much. Now, at the beginning of every show, I always give you a writing exercise and a writing prompt and a journal assignment. Uh, so if you're ever sitting there some night and you're going, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to write. Oh, wait, I'm going to go pull up any of the archive shows and, and at the speakeasy, and I'll, I'll in the first, boom, I'll get an exercise. I'm going to be off and writing. <laughs> So those are there for your disposal, our our use. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, but the first one we're going to do, so we're going to do your journal assignment. And a, everyone should have a journal that you hand write in with a pen or a pencil. And uh, I think one of the really important things to do as a writer is to do free writing. So your journal assignment in free writing this week, and everyone always says, they go, I don't know, I can't free write because I don't know what to write about. Well, that's the whole point of free writing is just to sit down and not have an agenda. But since that's the number one excuse, I want to be able to take that away so it's a non-issue. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a thought starter, a, a prompt pen pen push, whatever you want to call it. right? So sit down at your journal, and I want you to think of this thought and write about it, and then just go off and write about whatever you want to write about. It's just about getting that pen, that catalyst to get your hand moving. And then you go wherever you want because no one's the boss of you. So your your <laughs> free writing thought starter <laughs> for this week is um, I, want you to st- I want you to write about a law that you'd like to see enacted that would help people. So if you could enact a law, what would it be? and it had to help people, and and how would it help them? Okay, so that's your thought provoker for your journal free write this week. Next, I'm going to do your exercise. An exercise is not meant to be pretty. It is meant to push you out of comfort zone, stretch you as a writer, push you in a direction that you don't normally, you know, go. Think of it in a way you don't normally think about. So it's, it's meant to, you know, Get you going in something different. So what I want to do, and this is not designed to create a poem. It can be anything. Um, maybe at the end of this one I may have you do that. But, you know, they're, they're just, they're th- sit down and write about these things, things you normally wouldn't do. Um, 
in this case, it'll be in a way that you probably normally wouldn't write about it. So what I want you to do, your exercise, get there, God. Okay, your writing exercise is uh, is called step-by-step tutorial. That's what we're going to do is your step-by-step tutorial exercise. And I want you to write a step-by-step tutorial, making it interesting or ironic or funny. Um, I would like you to write a how-to guide about learning to skate or ride a bike or fly a kite or skipping stones, um, about how to climb a tree or do a cartwheel, something like that. Preferably something that you would learn as a child or at least as a younger person, like sailing a boat or kissing a girl or a boy or a tree. Um, But I want you to sit down and I want you to write about it in a step-by-step way, giving as much detail as possible. Okay, the how-to guide. Write the how-to guide, the instructions, the learner's manual. And in a twist, (laughs) if you want to, you can write about it in the perspective of what not to do, like learning to throw a rock at a beehive or losing your virginity. All right, so just just have fun. A step-by-step guide on how to or what not to do when. (laughs) All right, and then... One of the things that's cool, just so you kind of know, the the thing that this exercise is going to help you do is pay attention to the chronological detail of things. Even in the tiniest step um, that you might overlook when you're thinking about, okay, what are the steps of breaking up with somebody? Uh, You get mad. You fight. You leave. But doing it that way, you going to those predictable jumps It's going to. It's going to. You're not going to have the depth of the, of the punch you want when you're writing. So if you write it step by step, okay, what what exactly were the steps, emotions, what things transpired to lead up to getting mad? And between getting mad and a fight, what happened? And what happened between the fight and leaving? What were all those steps that happened along the way? That way, when you sit to write down, or sit to uh, sit down to write about something, and you're thinking about something, and you go to one of the predictable answers, you can stop yourself and say, "Okay, wait a minute. What am I overlooking here? What might have a more a stronger impact?" Okay, so it's fun to do these ones. And uh, this is a real fun one to go back and you know put a star by and do and repeat because you can change it every time. You can change it to a different scenario. All right. So next, <laughs> that's your exercise. Next, we're going to do the writing prompt. Now, uh, oh, the end of the exercise there. I told you I was going to make it into a poem. You thought I was going to forget, didn't you? So after you're done doing all that, look through everything that you write. See if you can pick apart bits and pieces of it and turn it into a poem about a step-by-step tutorial and what you're doing and see and see how you can how you can condense that down into some really strong imagery. Okay, that's the ending of your exercise. Now the prompt the prompt is different because the prompt is intended to actually create a piece of writing. It is meant to provoke a poem. It can be the title of the poem, it can be the subject of the poem, it could be the concept of the poem, but it has to be in there somewhere. So the prompt for this week is, and it's out of the book by Jewel, 
called A Night Without Armor. I've been skimming every time right before the show this month. I've been, uh, that's a brand new month. I need to change what I'm doing. Anyway, <laughs> I open the book and find a line out of one of her poems. And that's our prompt for this week. So these are they're this last month. It's all coming from Jewel on this one. And for that, it was Rumi. Or no, the Ruby on Omar Khayyam. Was, that was what it was before. All right, so that was Jewel. And uh, A Night Without Armor, I suggest you get that book of poems. It's one of the three that I take with me everywhere. Um, it's, you know, you throw those books in your purse. If you're one of those people, yeah, hers is one that I do. She's amazing. All right, so her prompt is, the prompt for this week is, she collects them. She collects them. She collects them. So that's your prompt. And uh, like I said, the title, a line in the concept of She Collects Them. And please turn your computer speakers off. There we go. Good job. All right. So that is the exercise, the prompt, and the journal assignment. And we're good to go. So the next thing I'm going to do, we always start and end every episode with an audio track. And if you have something of yours recorded and you would like to send that to me to upload to the show's library and play for the world, you can do that by uh, emailing me at the Speakeasy Cafe, the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3 file, uh, audio, something like that in the subject line. That way that it will stand out for me, and uh, we can get that done, get it on the show. be awesome. The piece that I have picked out to start the show with tonight is by Virginia Voss. And, oh, no, I can't play that one. It's broken. Oh, all right. Let me grab another one real fast. The next one I'm going to play is by Epiphany. Let's do a Not a Love Poem by Miss Epiphany. Here we go. Love, all-encompassing love, 
selfless love, imperfect love, even just love him. Stars will blister and burst as old wounds close, making way for new possibilities. Possibilities that shall pour from above and what shall come. Pieces of haikus you wrote. You wrote before you ever saw his face or knew his name. Before you ever stained his lips. Every line, every rhyme, every time you blink. A tear will spill. With a diamond encrusted shell. Preserving the former memory of what used to be. So that you shall not forget what you used to be. Before him. You will wait by a shore with no end. Anointment will come. Patience. 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 And so, I pondered, is this what it feels like? Is this what it will always feel like? A foreign stinging inside I do not recognize. Surely this has invaded my spirit, my heart, my body, my soul, screaming to unfold, begging to behold with every sense I have in me. The vision of he whom I was told is my destiny, my love, my greatest of love. My love that scorched my dream, my love I could taste in my sleep. Silence. And then, words spoken. He is already there. Open your eyes. So I did. And he was right next to me. So, this is not a love poem. This is an already loved poem.
That was Miss Epiphany Castro with Not a Love Poem. If you'd like to have your piece played on the air, you can email that to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com and we can get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. We would love to have them on here. So, once again, the number 646-595-3965 is the number to call in. We are having some pretty bad issues with the line right now, lines right now. Um, there's only a couple open coming into the show. They are working on getting, we also have like 250 lines coming into the show. And uh, so they're working on getting some more of those up. Uh, so if you're getting that fast, busy signal when you're trying to call in, uh, just keep keep trying and it will let you in eventually. Um, don't even know if the chat room's up right now or not. I can't. I can't get it open, so I can't see um, whether the chat room's there yet or not. So, looking forward to having you on the air when you're able to get on. Next thing, uh, want to kind of go over for those of you that have been able to. You know, we've got about uh, four lines coming into the show right now. Uh, area code 540, by the way, you are our first caller tonight. So I want to give you kind of, uh, <laughs> I think it's awesome, he's always our first now, um, give you an idea what to expect tonight. So we do take callers in the the order that you call in, obviously, 540, you are our first caller tonight. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself, make sure people know who you are so they know who's reading and your name is attached to your work, that's very, very important. You can read two poems to start out. So I have two poems ready if you'd like to read two of them. If the lines uh, finally get opened up here and we get just a rush of callers, then uh, we may need to switch that back down to one. But right now you're you're good to do two. When you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL so that people know how, how to come over and find you, get to know you and your work better. And then please remember that we have mature rating which means you're bound to hear just about anything tonight, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B, um, no adult porn poems. Other than that, you're good to go. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and bring on... Oh, we just... Okay, just lost another line. I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 540. 540, are you with us? Hey, it's Philip Church down in Virginia. Hey, Philip, how are you doing, sweetheart? Well, believe it or not, this is one of the times that I'm uh, feeling pretty uh, sad, pretty dark right now. Oh, no. I'm sorry, sweetie. Uh, Facebook just blocked one of my poems that I posted in a poetry group, the video of it, uh, stating it went against community standards. I posted it on your, your page for you so you could look at it yourself. And uh, it just, <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's my poem, Crystal Knot, one of my uh, what I consider one of my three masterpieces. If there is such a thing. Why'd and, they block uh, it? Post- huh? Why'd they block it? 
Well, I, I took a screenshot of what they sent me. It says, your post goes against our community standards. It's about the uh, the night of broken glass uh, when uh, the Nazis uh, uh, terrorized uh, a lot of the, uh, <clears throat> the German uh, Jews and uh, broke out their windows. And so that's it. it it's the night of broken glass. It was so sort you of were the being censored. Of the- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see any other way to put it. And the I'll history, that important history of the Holocaust that uh, I address in that and uh, compare it to things that are happening currently in our nation, uh, you know, it's important history. So uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm uh, completely baffled. Well, shame and it on had 500 views when they did it. So I read it on... Uh, on this show months and months and months and months ago. And uh, so I, I'm not going to, I was going to read again, I, just, just to get my, uh, oh, that southern boy, mountain boy, I mean, just wants to get my revenge on uh, <laughs> Facebook. I figured, well, I'll just do it on the podcast tonight. But I decided <laughs> against it. Oh, that was my I'm evil learning. laugh coming out. Did you hear it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like it just—it was just there, like this this vicious little demon, just going, "Here, I'm right here. You have no control of me." <laughs> yeah, that little devil that sits on my left shoulder has been uh, whispering all kinds of things to me. <laughs> I just found this out about. Well, they an hour say ago, the greasy so. wheel gets the oil. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But uh, no, uh, well, just hearing your voice and being on this podcast, so uh, you're too cheerful. So it's, it's, you're a hard person to be sad around. So that that's another one of the gifts that you've been gifted with. Uh, you you <laughs> tend, I think, to cheer people up when they're in your uh, sphere of influence. So <laughs> well, let's just hang out on the phone then together, okay? Yeah, sounds good, except for. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on to something here anyhow. But uh, <laughs> so what I'll tell you to do, uh, this is uh, back when I first started writing. And uh, uh, I had just gone through a uh, uh, a broken marriage then. And so this was, uh, you know, the, the things that happened when uh, – uh, uh, relationships break up and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and so I experienced all that and some things in particular. So I, I wrote this poem, and of course, uh, uh, this is a sonnet. So it's one of my early sonnets. I'm not, I'm thinking it's probably metered correctly. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not metered correctly. It's not an iambic pentameter anyway, but uh, that's the one I'm going to read tonight. So uh, the title of it is Haunted House, A Sonnet of Love Lost. Old pictures haunt this house like spirits in the night. Memories that hurt so bad now used to feel so right. Seems we kindle love's flame, not counting the cost. It burns till it's not the same, and everything seems lost. 
Suffering for love can't gain, though we tried. Sometimes we carry that pain so deep inside. I reckon that some love lights can cast dark shadows. And what used to be music to ears are now just lonely echoes. Try with all your might so the mind's eye won't see. Dreams still come in the night of what we used to be. And then things your heart longs for can be curses. And that's when you write poems in tortured verses. Shadows of pain cast upon my soul by the slowly fading light. While old pictures haunt my house just like spirits. In the night. In poem. Write poems and tortured verses. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was awesome to hear, baby. Thank you very much. I actually, uh, I've used that line, well, that expression, tortured verses, in uh, two other poems, including one that's titled The Tortured Verses. <laughs> And that should be the name of the chat book. That's not a bad one. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Uh, My books to receive, I got one's called Vespers, and one's called Lord Life in the Mountains, one's called Tarnation, (laughs) Uh, one is called uh, In Search of an Eternal Buzz. Oh, and then there's the, my collected works from 2012 to 2017 that's been archived uh, with the University of Virginia and the World Catalog. So uh, I guess I could write. It, maybe it's time for another uh, poetry book. <laughs> maybe I'll do one and title it The Tortured Verses. Tortured Verses. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you'll love this segue. Speaking of those poetry books, if you would like to find these things, <laughs> You can find me on Amazon.com at Philip, K-E-N-T, Kent Church. Philip Kent Church is what you want to search for, and it should bring up all of my books and my, my author's uh, page and all that good stuff. And as always, at least uh, for the time being, you can hopefully you can find me on Facebook and friend me if I haven't been, <laughs> if I haven't been kicked out. You are a smooth segwayer. I'll have to give you that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I used to uh, dream of, of being in radio, and uh, one of my jobs in my life is I, I was a personal assistant to, to a, a young man that had muscular dystrophy, and he was uh, completely paralyzed. So I had to take all his notes for him in school and do all that stuff. Well, this particular high school offered a radio course where you actually could get your FCC license and all that good stuff. So I had to do that with him. I was the one that had to turn knobs and spin the turntables and <laughs> do all that. So I actually uh, learned enough. If I'd have paid $75, I could have gotten my uh, my, my DJ license back then, back in the 90s, I think. But in my, I think it was 93. So um, I wanted to uh, yeah, play the Tots and Pops and Golden Oldies, a stack of wax that's all designed with <laughs> With mind, <laughs> but now I just only I pay uh, the cracks that Max slapped back the wax, Jack. That's fact. 
You know, now you make me feel like wanting to say, tune us in and rip off the dial. There you go. The two cringe of American FM. So, all right. I'm going to move on out here. Oh, by the way, I took that screenshot, posted it on Facebook with the poem, so I'm, I'm actually posting it in every poetry group I can think of right now. <laughs> uh, put my evil laugh in. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Oh, well, like I said, hopefully uh, I'm going to still be on Facebook if y'all want to look me up, and hopefully I'll be back here uh, with your cheerful little self next week. <laughs> uh, we play well together, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I don't, I, and, right. and I don't, I don't work and play well with others generally. So that that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel awesome being part of that inner circle then. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, love you, honey. Thank you so much for starting out the show so awesomely. Oh, uh, love you, too. And you know me. I'm always going to try to be that first one in line. We'll see if I can keep my my record going. <laughs> it's a couple months in running, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. It is. I'm practically your co <laughs> I know. I know. I keep asking you. Hey, we'll do it someday. That would be awesome. Anytime, you just tell me when, all right? Whenever you're feeling like it. And you can just Uh, start the call in, and we'll just keep you on the whole thing. Sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Philip. Thank you, sweetheart. I'll I'll have my people get with your people. We'll, 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 you know, we'll uh, get something out. People up. (laughs) Yeah, we'll people up. All right, now I love you. All right, hon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Mr. Philip Church, he is so awesome. So what I want to do real quick is I want to give the next two callers uh, an idea. We've got 216 next, and then I do want to let area code 307 know you are not in the lineup. So 307, if you want to come on the air and talk, go ahead and press 1, and that will... Uh, let me know to bring you on, and, you know, if you change your mind at any time, if you're just listening now and you change your mind, then uh, press 1 at any time. I'll put you in the lineup. All right, so let's go ahead and bring on, and that was 307, by the way, 307. Did you get it? Are you getting a hint there, 307? <laughs> 307 is not listening well. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 216. 216, you're on the air. I know you Hey, sweetheart. How are you? Uh, I'm still driving. I was trying to make it home. I'm pulling into my driveway now. So, um, Do you want me to again. play a track and then bring you on? Yes, please. I'll be okay. upstairs by my Okay. You. All right. Get up there and, and you'll be fine. I'm, I'll play a track and, and uh, we'll come back, right back and get you. Okay. All Thank right. You. So then I wanted to let remind area code 307. Did I remind 307 already? Hmm, I'm not sure uh, that you are not in the lineup. So if you want to come on, just press 1. And let you know that we are, once again, we are having issues with the phone line. So if you guys are trying to call in and you're getting that irritating fast beep, 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 fast busy signal, um, just hang up and try calling back in. Uh, We've all of the lines coming into the studio down except for a couple of them. They're working on getting the rest of those lines in uh, incoming lines back up. All right. I'm going to play a track real quick. 
by oh, let's do Mama's son. We'll do um we'll do Carlos written in pain. A piece by him called One Thousand Poets. You know, when I listen to this poem, there's a thousand of them. I'm always trying to figure out which one of them I am. Because I know he threw me in there somewhere. So it's so fun when we listen to it. It's like, okay, is he talking about me right there? (laughs) So (laughs) here we go. Uh, This is Written in Pain with 1,000 Poets. All week, what I wrote to write was for tonight. I'm going to recite open mic poetry night. I reached the door, the cover charge, crowd neither small or large. Poet number one, his name King Sun. I could tell his peace was a religious one. He said hallelujah, amen, before he begun. Seemed like forever before he was done. I'm like, was he motivated by the Bible or reciting one? Yes, pride should exist in every human being, but poets are the proudest I've ever seen. Gay pride, women's pride, black pride, soldier pride. He never died. He got pride. His parents died. He never cried. Muslim pride. I did not take part in bombing suicide. We only up to 15. He doing a poem about the price of gasoline. Poet 20, his piece would have moved me. Except he kept quoting movies. In that tone, in that tone, poet you, poet Poet 50 was an ex-rapper, slowing up his bars, doing a poem about girls' jewelry and luxury cars. The next poet's vocab was enormous, a breathing, walking, talking, Byzantium, The next two thought they poetry. He doing poetry. She's singing the chorus. Poet 100, writing about love again. Here it come again. Heartache, heartbreak, how much can a heart take? I'm like, won't you leave and grieve? Learn from your mistakes. Poet 264, over you the metaphors. He said or read before. Honestly, I couldn't take no more. I didn't even want to hear what Poet 300 had to say. He had dreadlocks and a book bag. I was thinking he was talking about the problems of the world today and how there's no medication in Zimbabwe. He was telling us the future signs and said peace and blessings in all his lines. When Poet 500 hit the stage, her peace was so long I could feel myself age. Every time I thought she was done, she flipped a page. People started talking, yawning, she wasn't faded. Poet 550 started spitting about how dope his quotes is. I figured he was on dope when he wrote this. Like a poem so abstract it's whack. He said silhouetted soliloquies. I'm like, what the hell is that? Poet 720 had blonde hair spitting a piece about he black. Not only was the 733rd poet's piece long, but he was shouting at us like we did something wrong. Poet 776 sang a song, and she wanted us to sing along. A gospel song. She know the notes, she just can't hold on. Even the Lord knows she wrong. By the time she finished her screaming, people were leaving. She pointing, talking about, see, that's them demons. Poet 800 was a lady who truly touched my heart. Telling a tale about a woman who lived from a shopping cart. When out of nowhere, she cut the tale short. Talking about, get a rest on my CD. Show a poet some support. I'm pissed. Handed her five bucks for the disc. The next 20 poets, all the same. He left me, she left me, I'm so empty, religion, politics, 
similes, metaphors, verbal tricks. I'm skinny, love me, I'm chubby, hug me. So what if I'm ugly? Look inside, love me. I'm celibate, I'm selling it. I do it for the hell of it. Poet 910, tight shirt, wanna be model. Smelling like he wearing the whole bottle. Women moaning before he said a word. I wonder what they heard. Cause they moaned, hissed, and whistled through their teeth. Through this man whole piece. They didn't know what they was missing. Me neither, cause I didn't listen. Well, the 999th poet, me. By now the crowd was void of any energy. I closed my eyes and I grabbed the mic. And I shared this piece I'm about to recite. <clears throat> 1,000 poets, including me. Yet yeah, there's no eluding me. Just your relation to pain is including me. See, it's the painful pen that's soothing me. It's my mistakes improving me. So I make it plain to see so you won't live as painfully or experience pain as explained to me. So when you fail, there's no blame for me when I exclaimed the claim for free. I gave what remains of me. If it inspires you, it takes a little bit of the pain off me. So I hope you see my pen as a blessing to give you food for thought. Please come back for seconds. When I open my eyes, what do I see? Two drunks, the DJ, Poet 1000, and me, and me, and me, and me. That was Carlos, written in pain, an amazing piece called 1000 Poet. Let's go ahead and get to our callers. I do want to remind area code 307 and 902, you are not in the lineup. If either of you want to come on the air and talk, 307-902, press 1. If you're just listening, thank you for being here. If you change your mind at any time, go ahead and press 1, and we'll be able to bring you on. We are having line issues right now, so if you're not able to get in, you're hearing that fast, busy signal, uh, just keep trying, uh, and it'll let you in eventually as I start getting some more of these lines coming into the studio back up. The number is 646-595-3965. Uh, if you need to jot that down so you can keep dialing back in. Oh, you got redial, huh? Wow. Do cell phones have redial? I can't believe I just asked myself that question. Actually, I didn't. I asked the world. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and grab area code 216. Okay, 216, are you with me? The... Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm just going to click on anything. I don't know what you're going to get because <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> opening up my computer, going to my Word doc and just opening up something, and it came up to uh, Big Bad Word Addiction. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to read. Okay. But first I'm going to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah. I'm really excited. uh, Hmm? Did you go there yet? Did you go on your ride? No, I leave in in the morning. I leave tomorrow. Oh, in the morning. Oh, wow. All right on mm-hmm. time. Okay. I'm gonna go meander around an old gold mountain. Not just a ghost town. It's a ghost mountain. The whole mountain uh-huh. was just like walked away from during the gold rush. So the whole mountain is just this catacomb of old mines and mining houses and all the ghosts and 
on the mountain. It's just going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be so freaking awesome. Lucky you. Lucky you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I have not okay. forgotten I'm supposed to find you something shiny. Yes, I'm rocks. I don't care if they're just agate. I don't care what it is. I just <laughs> like that you found them and, and saved them for me. Um, I will I will find yeah. you something shiny. But I mean, I want you to find it on the me out there digging. Uh, it could be mm-hmm. sea glass. I don't care what it is, as long as you found it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Okay. I told you. Okay. I promise. I will find something well, for you. Well, I'm trying to find two pieces because I know the lines are stopped. So I'm going to just do this one since I just came and just clicked on anything. It's called Big Bad Word Addiction. It's like a rap. It's like a rap, like a freestyle rap. So here it goes. Want to hear? You want to hear? Yes. I thought I thought that was the first okay, line of the to, poem. No, I want to say that what they used to say back in the uh, day. Okay, you want to hear? Okay, here it go. <laughs> here it go. <laughs> Big bad word addiction. Any poet worth his salt would write history as he ought, not change facts to what he thought. That causes reality to be distraught. Yet if he does, then he ought not. It don't take much to know that poetry and prose is what keeps me on my toes. My words are surely burly. I wake up early to rebuke and refute. Make it plain about the lies they claim. The nerve judging us by saying of what we are deserving. When their own interests they are serving. Won't catch me napping. I will be slapping big harsh words in their faces. Of this disgraceful contesting without resting. No time to be playful. See, I get up early in the morning while they're sleeping. See, I'm peeping out the plan before I write. I scribe before I take a bite. I post before I sip coffee. Before I eat toast, I boast. I flex on this mess. Big, harsh words are my addiction. Smarter than the government fools because I pay attention. Unapologetically, I speak it my way, saying what I mean and meaning what I say. As a grandmother, an elder, and a poet. I seek and find. Also, I express what's on my mind. I get a sudden urge, an electric surge, keeping me connected and protected. Of course, I'm plugged into the ultimate source. You see, I wake up early. My words are burly. And they will surely rebuke and refute as I am a poet in pursuit of the truth. My predictions are not based on Duck's fiction. I have a God-given prescription for my addiction. So my words are legal. My words are surely burly. I wake up early to rebuke and refute. See, it don't take much to know that poetry and prose is what keeps me on my toes. Thought you knew. In case you didn't, now you do. This is Mama Oladegi, the all-round queen. I said it already, and I'm saying it again. Any poet worth his salt should write about history as he ought, not alter the facts as to what he thought. 
that causes reality to be distraught. Yet if he does, then he ought not in peace. You know, that needs to be put to music, right? <laughs> I pulled that up first. I think that's because poor little Philip, he's going through something, Philip Church. So you just mm-hmm. let him know. You, you're doing what you're supposed to do as a poet. And uh, if they don't like it, then they need to uh, stop trying to block the person, I mean, the um, Freedom of Speech Amendment. Because that's what, you know, we're on there for. Nobody care about no, no hurt, nobody's feelings that was doing all that damage to the world. I mean, who are you protecting? Who are you defending? Facebook. Um, I'm going to get them for you, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody messes with our Philip. That's right. Don't <laughs> yeah. you know what he's supposed to do? You know, you get, just to break in here and kind of, before I forget again, um, you get, like, really cool kudo points for using Shirley Burley. (laughs) My words are Shirley Burley. I cannot tell you because, you know, when you guys, I, the show is, I cannot tell you that. Okay, the show is, comes on from, my time is from 5 to 8. So I'm on here at dinner time, Right. And so I get hungry. I get so hungry during the show. I always try to bring something quiet to eat. And so I had like uh-huh. this French bread, piece of French bread pizza stuff, right? And so yeah. I'm taking a bite of this French bread pizza and eating it while I'm listening to you read your poem, which is perfectly acceptable behavior, by the way. You guys, just, I'm just not being rude eating while you're reading. I'm still listening. I can chew and, you know. Okay. Anyway, so I took a bite of this pizza and you said that. My words are Shirley Burley. <laughs> and I almost <laughs> laughed so hard I spit the pizza out and I'm trying to cut. I hope that you did, you did not hear that, by the way. But I think it was I think it was cool. I think I covered it well. But it was so funny. So, yeah, cool points for that. Oh, wow. Okay. My words are I, you need to you need freaking bumper stickers. You need you need to have like this company called Mama's Mama Says. Right, and that should be okay. one of your. That should be you should have like the whole line of bumper stickers with momisms on it, and coffee cups and T-shirts. You know, seeing some these kids walk around with your words. I mean, forget publishing a book, publish clothing. Mama's clothing line well. publishing company. You know, and and because uh, because I want to see some kid walk into school with a handful of books, and that look on their face that understands. When you and say, say my and, and I want his T-shirt to say, my words are Shirley Burley. <laughs> okay. okay. Or the principal pull up and pull up into the school without on his without his bumper sticker. Yeah, I think you should start a published company where you publish your poems on clothing. We'll see about Seriously, that. Seriously, you could set it up so free online because there's companies that print the shirts for you and ship them out. All you do is design them. Okay, I'll look into that. So my grandson, <laughs> he got the, he, my grandson has all the tools to do with it. But he, every time I tell him, like, just get started doing something, he he's busy doing something else. So he got enough responsibility trying to see about me because now that I don't have a daughter, and my son is really busy, 
uh, my grandson is the only one that sees about me, and so I don't want to put any more pressure on him. So I guess I have to go to the online, and then once I go online, I have a friend up. He's like, "Remember why you didn't let me do it?" Okay, this one is, this is my poem number two, and this is another. Um, is it called "America Needs an Intellectual Gangster at the Controls"? Uh, this is the spoken word version. I'm not going to do the poem. I'm going to do the spoken word version. And his father and his rogue friends were keeping him afloat. You see, he's a sucker and a lame for Russia and Putin. Darn, Putin, Putin can sink his boat. Got his foot on his throat. His goofy American followers don't know doo-doo. Democrats are baffled, and his wife is too. See, good Americans need a gangster in their life. He ain't no hustler. He's a shyster and a liar. We got to fight fire with fire and stop being so nice. You can't put a kitten in a dog fight. Americans are bringing a knife to a gunfight. They give you nonsensical riddles and watch you try to make sense out of nonsense. But first, if the gig was rigged, it means he's illegit. So you goofballs just let him sit. I say, fuck the dumb shit. Only one side is playing by the rules. Weapons of mass distraction. I say, stay focused. Got to do some intellectual rapping. Those bobbleheads are yapping when they should be gangster rapping. I'm propelled by the God mind that rules my body. But I'm still a gangster like John Gotti. Sometimes you have to send for that retired lawyer, that uncle in the hood to be understood, that hoodlum come laudy with that jungle justice. No more Mr. and Mrs. Nice Guy. America's need is for OG in our lives. Stop worshiping the bitch that you think is rich who will not even throw you a bone and he needs to be ditched, keeping you sidetracked till all your gains are gone. See it clearly or merely clear. We need our OGs at the control or watch America disappear in peace. Wow. (laughs) Both of those were amazing, Mama. I'm in gangster mode. <laughs> I, I can I just say I can always tell when you're feeling your spunk, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I just I, I picture you sliding across the the notepad like Michael Jackson singing "I'm Bad," you know. See, fake gangsters are really what they call bullies. Real gangsters mm-hmm. are not bullies. Real gangsters go and get what they want, do what they need to do, take care of their business, and look out for their own. You know what I'm saying? Their own t- mm-hmm. people, people that's on their side. They don't go around, you know, attacking every damn body. I mean, he attacked, this pe- the person that I'm referring to in the poem attacks every damn body. His own people, everybody. No <laughs> You know, you know everything. what's really funny? And I'm going to share this story with you just because you asked me about my rocks. 
and okay. and you talked about that. So in my nerd in my other nerdy life <laughs> where I is the paleo nyla because I'm very much into paleontology and fossils and things like that and I go out on digs and things and and oh my god I just forgot where I was going don't do that. Oh, the leverites. Okay. So I'm I'm a member of different groups and things like that and there's a lot of a lot of times, you know, just like someone coming here on the show to read a poem for the first time, there's a lot of newbies that come and say, "Hi, I found this rock. Does anyone know what it is?" And instead of someone giving them a nice decent answer saying, "You know, that's just basalt, but it does have a quartz line growing through the center um that makes it a really cool piece and and a cute find or something." You know, instead of taking the time to write that, then it's, I call them the leverite boys because they'll come on and say, it's a rock. It's a leverite. And then the five or six of them come on, leverite? Does that mean I should leave her right there? Yeah, it's a leverite. They're the leverite boys, right? They do it on every single post. And pretend like we don't know they do it on every single post. Leverite, ha, ha, ha. That's funny. We got it the first time. It's old now. But, man, those leverite boys are right there. You know, <laughs> and and it pisses me off. And so, and so, I started this unruly women's women's group to fight back. And I'm doing everything that I can do in this women's a group of all women um, that I've put together that's in this field. And I'm doing everything I can do to help educate them, push them, make them look at, you know, learn things. And and it's, it's so much fun to watch them stand toe to toe with the Leverite Leverite. Um, Leave right, boys. <laughs> My little rock nerdette, okay. you know, right there. And and uh, with that, I was asking you the leave right, boys. That's the name of their club. That's what I, that's what we call them. That's the name I gave them. It's 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 kind of like the old boys club, the leave right boys. Ha ha ha. Okay. <laughs> I just I just want to bop them so hard. So I'm always in their face. I I mean I'm not nice. I'm I mean I am nice, but I'm. I'm funny, not nice. So, like, did she just say fuck you? And I said thank you to her for saying that to me. What just happened here? That kind of nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you tease them a lot. Yeah, I do. But in a way where they don't know if I'm serious or teasing, but everybody else knows it. But they don't know it. You know, because they're one of the leave right boys. They don't get the joke that they're the joke. <laughs> Oh God, the way I entertain myself, and you guys really thought I I just like probably lost like fifty cool points there, but yeah, that's okay. I'll get them back tomorrow. What's your second poem, Mama? Okay, my second poem, which would be my third poem. Oh, okay. Oops. (laughs) I because death, death by murder. Okay, you get to do three because I'm a dumbass. Here you go. <laughs> Death by murder. Murky water left to drink. Floating particles of death. Eerie presence leaves discontent. As something wicked floats in it. The bone chilling, chilly wind dust blows. Off Lake Erie with blurry snow. Late at night, off cold, dark shores. Shadows of a floating barge. Clouds of soot from steamers' claws. 
pollutes the air with killer smog. When something wicked this way blows, Herbert streets on angry streets, children homeless are their prey, desperately at the mercy of. She gets plucked like a sweet ripe plum as something wicked this way comes. There were no herbs left to purge her. This was strictly death by murder, blood dripping from their lips. Every scary thing they fling as vampires odors fumigate. The evil deeds their gluttony brings. They desecrated the graves of men. Though we stand by, we cannot extend at least a stick to beat the bush or make loud loud noises and pretend by something evil this way pretend. Death by murder. Death by murder. The screams are loud, but no one heard her. Ignored her cries on Lake Erie's border. Scores that spawn these deaths by murder. That was NPUB? Yeah, I said NP. Okay. I didn't hear you right there at the end. You know, anything that even takes me back to the haunting demons of Shakespeare-esque slash if Poe had him had a love child type poetry, you know, I absolutely love, and I love that, Mama. Thank you. That was a takeoff uh, from uh, Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. (laughs) Yeah, well, he wasn't in my mix, was he? (laughs) And I love him, by the way. Right. Mhm. I spun that off of his um, uh, uh, something wicked this way comes. You know what? I think that's a really good prompt, Mama. If blank Thank and you. blank had a love child, and it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be if the mouse and the keyboard had a love child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be if the uh, uh, a brick and a clock had a love child. It could be anything, you know, or it could be two people if Shakespeare and Poe had a love child. Think how much fun that would be. That's an awesome prompt. We'll have to use that next week. Well, not okay. next week because you guys know that we're playing a workshop next week. There's no open mic next week. Uh, next week we're going to okay. be doing a workshop. So make sure you tune in for that because they are incredible. Because I will be okay. I will be up on the mountain in Levi's and hiking boots, bent over a creek with a gold pan in my hand, my hair up in a oh, bandana, with my wolf dog at, at my side. What's that? You're staying up there that long for tomorrow. Oh. I'll be until next Thursday. I will I will be up there for eight days. Yes. Oh. Hmm. I've 
learned this. Don't mm me. (laughs) I've been doing this show for 13 years. I get a day off. (laughs) No, that's my point. My point is just let us know you're safe. Don't be getting up here, going off fast and getting all excited and tripping over stuff and not looking where you're going and getting all excited. Just take your time and take it easy. You know, slow your road. I I will be good. I promise. So just be careful. You don't have to. I am. I do this all the time. I always come back. Until I don't. Well, I say that. I laugh. I say till I don't because this is so funny. I have to tell you this story now because I said that. Um, (laughs) Because Christopher says stuff like that. Everybody tells me stuff. You know, get up there and be. We know you, Nyla. You're going to be doing shit you shouldn't be doing. So don't do the Nyla shit. Do normal shit. Um, Right. Because that's their biggest. That's like Christopher was talking. That's his biggest fear is something's going to happen while I'm out there and nobody will be able to find me. Right. <laughs> I got a best yeah, I got a best friend and she's always doing stuff. Now when we were younger, she was like ambidextrous. Um, she was, you know, flexible. She could do this with her right hand, that with her left hand, walk this way, walk back to the two back flips. And now every time I call over there, something broke. <laughs> oh, I stepped on the n- n- uh, rusty nail. Oh, I just jumped <laughs> out of the truck and broke my ankle. I'm like, you got you know what? You gotta slow your roll, and that's what I'm thinking. You up there in those mountains and hills and stuff. I'm just saying, I can y'all excited you are. Make sure you pay attention to every step you're taking. I promise. And I'm telling you, just reason you look down and make sure your foot goes where you want to go. Don't be looking somewhere else while you're walking. Look where you're. Oh. I know what I was gonna tell you. This whole reason I started told you about Christopher. So I told Christopher. Because I, I always, when every time someone gets worried about me going, I say, I, I, I always come back, and then I have to add in cheekily until I don't. And I told Christopher, I said, I don't want to be old. I don't want to be old in, in a beige hallway somewhere drooling. And when I die, it's going to say, Nyla was in the beige hallway drooling when she died. I, said, I told him, I said, if it's getting close to that time, I said, I want you to take my, you know, if I, if I die some horribly boring death, I want you to take me and throw me in the back of the car and take me way up on top of a mountain somewhere and stuff my freaking pockets full of bacon and leave me there. So when they find my body, my, my headline will say, Nyla, age 97, dies of cougar attack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm dead. I won't care. You'll be please promise, promise me I won't have a boring death. Promise me you'll take me out there and that will be the time I didn't come back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You can go out in the middle of the ocean on a little small boat where the sharks gather and who would that? No, no. I don't know how to swim. You know, I, I hate. I I love the water. If there's water, I have to get in it. But I, I it terrifies me because I don't know how to swim. And I've had so many people say, "I'll teach you how to tread water, Nyla. I'll treat you, teach. It's easy." I'll, and every time, okay, I'm out there, and I'm going to be one of those graceful girls who waves her arms like a swan across the water, and I'm going to tread water, and I try it, and I sink like a freaking rock. Furthermore, I can swim underwater like a freaking fish. I just can't come up for air, and that's a problem. 
So, yeah. Well, I, I would not go out that far on the water intentionally. <laughs> I was just trying to think a more exciting way to die is get eaten alive by a cougar. No, I'd be eaten dead. They would be. It would be going after. The, I'd already be dead. So if I die a boring death, take me to the mountains and stuff my pockets full of bacon. Oh, I should make that. That should be a bumper sticker too. I just got a feeling they're gonna eat you before the bacon. Before you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be dead. I won't oh. care. But just think of the story it'll give me. It's all about the words. Mm-hmm. That you leave behind. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to leave behind a boring headline. <laughs> Where can you go from there? <laughs> Look, well, I thought you were saying I was okay, but now that I know you're not, I'm just gonna uh, worry about you and hope to make it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, make sure you send me my luck before before you get eaten. Oh my God! But I'll tell you, if I get if I get ran over at a crosswalk, you take my body to the mountain. Promise me. Give me that. Give me that cougar, please. <laughs> that is my dying wish. Have notes in your pocket. Yep. Put that on the back of your driver's license. Oh, geez, whiz. All right, Mama. I love you. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Uh, they can find me on social media. Uh, Poetry Soup is my where I have most of my poems that you can read. Uh, I was also kicked off of Facebook, and I'm not putting back my. I'm not going to put notes back on there again for them to uh, waste my time and my energy. So, go to Poetry Soup. It's a very nice site, and most of my stuff is there. Awesome. All right. Love you, Mama. It was fun. Thank you for calling in tonight, honey. Okay, great. I'll see you in a 10 days. Uh, right. Let me know when you're back. I will. I promise. And I'll find you something pretty. And post while you're there, like, I'm safe, day one. Day There's two, no cell service on the mountain. You got your phone. There's no cell service on the mountain. It's going to be eight days of totally unplugged. Now she doesn't say a word. I can see the look on her face right now. She's tapping her foot, and I bet her arms are folded. I'm like shaking my head. I I know how to do smoke signals, and I have an SOS flashlight, and I have a 38. It'll be okay. Thank you, Mama. I love you, honey. We'll talk to you next week or the week after. I'll talk to you when I get back next okay. week. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go ahead and bring our next caller. I do want to remind you guys, We, I'm kind of lingering on some of you with you. I'm, we're going to be lingering a bit for a minute. Um, we're having issues with the lines. If you're trying to call in and you're getting a fast, busy signal, please keep trying to call into the show, and it will let you in eventually. I want to let 307 know that I do see you on the lines, but it is not showing you with your hand up. I may check in with you 
after um, we take our next caller. If you really don't want to come on the air, I just don't. I just want you to come on if you do. If there's some reason you can't push a one on your phone, I don't, I don't want you just sitting there all lonesome. Um, so I'll check with you. But if you don't, then just don't say anything, and I'll I'll go. We'll pretend like I can't unmute you or something. But uh, so if you don't want to come on, just don't say anything. If you do want to say, yeah, hi, I'm here. All right, area code eight. Excuse me, nine eight. Nine eight four, you are on the air. Is that me? It is you, love. Is that me? Hello. How are you doing, sweetheart? Hi. Hi. Glenn? Hello? Nine eight four. Where did he go? That was weird because I heard him for a minute. I'm going to try unmuting him and then muting him again. 984, are you with me? Did you mute yourself somehow? So freaking Twilight Zone. All right, so let me... Do this. See if we can figure out what's going on with this line. All right, turning that line over. All right, so 984, I cannot hear you anymore. You can either hang up and try calling right back in, but you may not be able to get back in, or just hang out on this line for a minute, and I'm going to report the line to the tech and see if they can do something. All right, thank you. All right, we'll come back and get him in just a second. I'm going to check with area code 307. 307, if you don't want to come on, don't say anything. 307, you are on the air. 307, did you want to come on, sweetheart? Yeah. Hello? Hi. Hi. I'm at work. I, my butt must have pressed the call button. <laughs> I have you on my phone just listening to the show while I'm working. Oh, okay. Well, I will mute you so you can go back to work then, unless you want to read a poem real fast in front of everybody. (laughs) Fell off. Okay. I think we unbutt dialed her. All right, I'm going to check and see if I'm having issues here, guys. 984, are you with me again? 984. All right, so I do not know what's going on with this line. So we're going to try something here. Oh, it's not letting me do that. No. All right, so let's do this. We're going to try this. So we have... Bear with me, guys. I'm hearing weird noises. Are you there? Nope. Nope, he wasn't there. Don't know what happened. All right, so we just lost a couple of lines. I'm going to play an audio track real quick and see see if I can figure out what's going on here for y'all. 
All right, let's go ahead. We're going to listen to Seb, and this one's called The Cat's Got the Whoopin' Cough and the Dog's Got the Flu. Here we go. Well, I, I, howdy there. I, I ain't never uh, done this before. I ain't never been on no radio show, so uh, if I, I don't do this right, um, uh, I hope you'll be kind and forgiving unto me. I have to warn you, there are a couple of cuss words that will be coming up in the piece that, that I'm about to perform. Uh, that piece dates from uh, 2009, and uh, I would describe it as then being an assessment of the American condition at the, at the moment and my position within that. Coming out of eight years of the disastrous Bush administration and hitting that point where the Noran realization that uh, President Obama was neither going to be the man nor the solution that he purported himself to be. And uh, four years on, I'm feeling fully justified in making that assessment at the time. Uh, the piece itself is a, a recontextualization or a modern retelling or whatever you want to call it of a, a piece from 1932, first, first performed by the great blind Willie Mactel, called the, the Scary Day Blues. And uh, we live in some scary days these days, so I imagine people will understand how I'm trying to show these, these old guys they saw things and they understood things and they were able to say things that had an almost eternal value um, rather than just being novelties representative of their times. It was genuine poetry, genuine folk language which uh, still exists and is still relevant today and, and has not been better and not been superseded by anything that we're, we're creating at the moment. And the piece is called uh, The Cat's Got the Hooping Cough and the Dog's Got the Flu. Big 80 left Savannah Lord going off to California. Can't live them Georgia laws. All he found at first was moonshine and circumstances. Post-industrial Dionysian idiots without potable water or arable land. Masons gathering in the roadside, each of them digging ditches. Each of them digging with the ace of spades, exploring the balance between hats and masks and crowns. All the pimps ride motorcycles, they cluster in the desert coming out of primary colored sunsets, each wearing a red tie or sky blue dependent on gang affiliations. Killing our prophets, imprisoning our sanest heretics, getting high on self-shared victimization. But then, 115 miles of Sonora Desert Highway, big sur of flame and molten golden sunset red-letter days. Must have been something to see, a glory in their pomp. He shrugged his shoulders and made a deal, saying, Hell is full of fortune-tellers and recidivist Democrats. Heaven is full of blank checks and statues, and the cat's got the whooping cough, and the dog's got the flu. American beauty is moral high-handedness, seduction and magic and the secret handshake, dupes and patsies, backbiters and syndicators, the lunatic and the fool, feats of clay, hands like jars, pay through the nose to spite your face, harsh woman bleeding in the rattling of their tongues, pawn your sod, pawn your chain, I fucked every woman in the Hampton Hotel, every one of them gave birth to a redhead child, loaning money for interest and collecting the debt in flesh and bone, how is this unjust? We tolerate the despicable and cast statues of the depressed. You'll spend a dollar like you do a dime. The rooster chews tobacco and the hen dips snuff. Silence, cupidity, manifest destiny. John saw the number, but he never learned to read. Reprobate men in ten-cent hats, sloppy drunk, sermonizing. No apologies, no 
estate and reparations, all kinds of reprehensible double talk. If the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't arise, hit the lights and pass the ammunition. Infamy on the counterpane, the landscape of cultural revisionism, liberty, that's a conjurer's stunt. Freedom, it's just another word for when you don't got nothing left to lose when the cat's got the hoop and cough and the dog's got the flu. I got married once to a four-square girl, a Christian woman of unimpeachable reputation, who was herself married to another man, a fire-breathing, hall-beheading prophet of God. Things were good between us for a year or two. She used to give me hand jobs in the gravel parking lot behind the Unitarian Church. I used to run errands and fix radios for her. Until one day, she hitched up her shirt and showed me a nation sack. She said, you're going to the boneyard, boy, and you ain't coming back. I cried, larks of mercy. I was blind in one ear and totally deaf in my nose. She threw the dice and stuffed them in my bedclothes. I said, I love you, but my ears are full of poison. I came seeking the moon, but I found only a flower garden. I fell asleep, and now I'm dead. What more is there to say? I know your salty new lover, Fat Mouth Sam, a rounder and a grinder who sold all his poetry for a bucket of beer. I seen you unfold for him like a butterfly, naked in your kitchen, and I ain't faced. He's just as dead as I am, and I'm the best-dressed man in this graveyard, baby. There ain't no one needs to shine my shoes for the cat's got the whooping cough, and the dog's got the flu. You yearn for a pragmatic mesmerist, a thrower of flowers, a balcony manipulator, one hand on the table, the other on the abortionist hook. But while we get his mountebanks and collared cuffs speaking at hand jive, Billy E. Collars, Greased Manners, Impompadors, Kings, while we get a Mustangs when we hunger for Buicks, while we get a Kid Gloves when we play in the clay walking boots. So you spend all your salt, you pay your taxes, you're a modern individual, cold in hand, deep in the policy game, modern conscious plus white man's burden is a brand new state. Chain, while we get his instruction to the witless, not eyesight to the blind, judges are dissemblers who are constantly on the make. Fraud is the only insurance. Ambiguity is the currency of the afterlife. The truly righteous man will not shiver when he wears his own skin. He kills New Deal Democrats on sight and strikes his bargain with an agrarian handshake. The last righteous man comes running from Foggy Bottom up to Capitol Hill, hollering, the hurricane is coming, the hurricane is coming. Unloose a helicopter, lash down the women folks, gas up the terraplane, America is shaken. Any man who claims right without resuming responsibilities is a scoundrel, a fish-shaking televangelist wherever shall agree. Anyone who says live free or die should be made to do so. But this man is not president. This man is not under Secretary of Agriculture. This man is not the editor of the Washington Post. The righteous man has no voice in the Washington Post, in the Huffington Post, or on Fox News, and yet the cat's got the whooping cough, and the dog's got the flu. Alrighty. That was Seb. With this amazing piece, cat's got the whooping cough, dog's got the blues. We are going to go ahead and try to bring on our next caller, area code 984. See if we're able to get them back on. 984, can you hear me, hun? I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, there we go. What happened? Last time I could, I lost you. You were talking and then poof. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Columbus fucking invaded uh, Indians, destroyed South America, came up North America. That were all gone. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> there's no there's no diplomacy anymore. That's all shattered. Nothing really matters. But what matters, what does matter to me, is poetry, because I get a lot. I know you're thinking, 
this motherfucker is going to speak and he's going to start spelling. I don't I know if I, if you're just <laughs> talking to me or if it's your poem. <laughs> Quit fucking with me, Glenn. <laughs> I love to fuck with you, Nara. I told you I'm going to show up on your porch one day. I'm going I'm to go, yeah, I'm here. What are you going to do now, girl? And you know what? We're going to stroll through those woods. We're going to fucking see, see that. that Is shutting the door the same as hitting the mute button? (laughs) But you know, I want to meet. I want to meet a wolf in the wild. I seriously do. I think we're gonna stare down. I'm gonna think, you know, this bitch is like, he really wants me, but guess what? Well, we she because the wolf's haunt the cheese, and uh, Dale comes with the alpha and he devours it all. And he gets all greedy and shit like that. And I don't get it. I don't get that. But you know what? That's nature. But one day, I'm going to show up on your porch. I'm going to take you out to the woods in Oregon. We're going to go strolling, hiking. The wind curvy is fantastic when it comes to hiking. That that motherfucker can roll. I mean, mm-hmm. he took me to places I've never been. And that's why I understand a little bit of the symmetry of, like, you know, you can be all you think you are, but you can't be everything you are, you know, because when it all comes to devouring, you're just a fucking morsel, you know? <laughs> okay. I caught you on the beat, strolling your way to easy through the sand. Like no one could catch you. I threw a hook, you reeled yourself in, I adore you for that. You asked me if I wanted to be someone natural and suggested I go to Luna Beach with you. Nah, to hang out? I don't think so. How about a ride to my shelter up in the, up, up in the higher desert? You said no. I'd like to stay down in L.A. How about Maria Del Mar? It's a compromise. It's Orange County. Who the fuck would want to go to Orange County? I entertained the idea for possibility. We round up walking the pier on Santa Monica where the seagulls fly, where the flamingos migrate, come from San Diego, just to catch a book at some girl like you. Not plastic. I knew you were growing up. Back in the day, in the valley back when you were a punk. And I was, yeah, I was just flipping everybody off. Middle finger up to the sky. I didn't give a fuck. And I still don't. Now, look at you and me now. All lit up in this firework. I suggested we do the beach. Break the law, how to save and avoid the lifesavers who would tell us, most unfortunately, you can't have a pit bull on the beach. They were different after you got kissing them. From you and Beauty, and she laughed her tongue all up on them. It's all just melodramatic. Exactly. That's what we expected. We got away with it. You landed one on the cheek. 
of her face and didn't even know him. He was so at that moment. You said, thank you for being so not compliant. I like girls that know how to break the law, can't be caught because that's just breaking the law. And they don't even know they're breaking the law. Well, that's just how it goes. And so you being beautiful and all that, give her some sense. Gave us a little bit loud too. Said some shit like, I'm not going to see anything I don't need to call the sheriff's on. Thank you for that. Thank you for those lips, girl. They're incredible. Talk them. All on your own. When it comes down, getting your, you know, on your way, I'm sure you're going to manufacture something. But when it really comes down to it, you got the life of thought. And he was thinking, he was saving lives until he recommended cemetery. Added to his list of what's really reality. And you were so beautiful like that. You did this for who this who was, who really matters. Me and you and beautiful. You did it for who this really matters. Me and you and beautiful. By the way, if you forgot her name, her name is Candy. By the way, she is that name, and it tells her, like a blink out of that eye, walking down Venice Beach, she is beautiful. She's a pitiful. She just fell in love with you. I think she did. Because, well, you maybe. Yeah, maybe. Pressuring a lot. By the way, I forgot to tell you her name is beautiful. I was talking about you. Because I always feel that I talk to my head with our best friend more than I do humans. In this California summer, it goes like this. Look, you're just a girl. I'm just a boy. And we got this. Basis desires. We got it going on, especially with you're the and the next. So, don't steal my heart. But if you make it easier, for me to take you on, to feel this way. When the moon is full, on a California sun, summer, lip, you know where all those boys roll through, where you can see the sun start at the same time, 
I was on the California bank, like at Oceanside. Hey, Cole, we'll meet up after. All over Randall. When you're done, all the misdemeanors on my account. I've done so many felonies. When you get tired of all the promises of Hollywood, come back to me. Because I'm thinking six months later, maybe a year, I can wait. And so can beauty. We expect you in the high desert. So show up. Don't bother calling before you come knocking. You're always welcome. Just open your door. This is called California Beauty. My name is fucking Lynch Bill. You know, you probably have one of the most natural, unforced voices for someone who actually talks in poetry. You know, it, it's it's a natural way. The way that you write, I I can tell, and I know you, so I know it is, but the way that you write is like a natural form of speech for you. The way that you write is the way that you think. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, my I used to get picked on by my family all the time because my mom or my dad or somebody would start and they'll tell me, um, they'll tell me, uh, you know, why can you never just say the sky is blue or the grass is green? You know, why does it always have to be blah, 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 blah? And then the other one would say, yeah, why? Uh, and they'd start making up sentences and things like that and tease me about the way I spoke. And so I used to sit in my backyard down in the forest behind my house, and like I was on a stage, I would practice speaking the way that my sisters spoke instead of speaking in the ways that were natural to me. And so the way that I – it took me a long time to break away from – or break away to the point where when I wrote, I was writing in the same voice that – I think in, and you don't have to, my whole point is that you don't have to do that. I really had to work at letting that voice in me free because I had been taught my whole life not to be that voice. And so inside my head was a completely different person than what everyone saw on the outside. You've never been that way. What you see with you is what you have always gotten. And and so you're able to write with that absolute clarity um, just that, that natural, unforced, the good, the bad, the ugly, the real of it. I think it's just amazing. Incredible. Oh, I thank you for that. I think as well that fear is dangerous, and if you're not willing to go dangerous, then you should be writing, you know. You should really just, like, stand out. And when I stand out, I mean, like, you know, um, do some shit everywhere else is done. Don't yourself into the unnatural, you know. Poetry is really meant to be, in my mind, I say this with my inclusion, that it's meant to perpetuate or perpetuate uh, this, like, distorted view of, of whatever you want it to be. It could be Hollywood, it could be 
his world, his universe to be, not the afterlife. But you have to, like, in my mind, I think poetry is where you go to find templates of something you don't understand and you never will. It's just this ingredient. It's like a... Hardly not notice you had a butterfly land on your hips, fluttered in your wing, rang out with a musical that was hollowed out in the Hollywood fire, blinked his eye. I'm in a hotel traveling. <laughs> That's an interval. And I can't smoke in here, but fuck it, I'm going to. Um, <laughs> I could hardly not notice. You got a butterfly laying on your lips. Butter on your wings rang out with a musical that was hollow, out in Hollywood spiral. Winked his eyes, questioned if I had the tenacity toward the risk and the famine of gasoline, this again, burn the Hollywood pills, catch a cash on the article on page number nine. I ain't like that. Tell that butterfly to, to fly back to Calabasas. It might be more, and it might get less, but it might be love. And if it leaves you, fucking goodbye. I'll kiss you till my tongue gets too heavy to recite a poem I heard from a poet during the circle from L.A. to New York. But that ain't me, girl. I'm in love with you as many times as I've told you. You don't need a butterfly. Fluttering his eyes to entice me. You just need to lean into me. Hold on to the moment. This is the moment. It's called Butterfly Manning with Glenn Still. I'm, I know I'm going to butcher it, Glenn, but I absolutely, absolutely love the line. Um where you said my tongue, I, I will kiss you till my tongue gets too heavy to recite a poem. Was part of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I always so. talk about writing really good, surprising, concrete images. You know, something saying something in a new way, uh, saying something that catches the reader off guard, and forces them to pay attention to you. I think that this really, as writers, that should be our ultimate goal in our writing is to write something where, you know, everything that we say is that, has that impact, that emotional impact. And that line did. You know, you know the, the part that stuck out, I, I will kiss you till my tongue gets so heavy or it gets too heavy to recite a poem, blah, 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 blah. I, I mean, that is an amazing example of exactly what I'm talking about, being able to do that and do it well. Does that make sense? 
Well, it's poetry not to make sense. Everybody has to. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> I don't have to make any sense at all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. This should be All right, Glenn, my darling, quality. do me a favor and tell everyone how to come find you, where they can find your work. I'm going to give you stuff. one more. I'm, I'm going to give you one more. And you know what? I've, so, I've done this so many times. People know who I am. I really don't give a fuck if they know. But let me give you one more. Because Gold gave you one more for free. This should be easy. Falling. Catch myself. I got this. Okay. The story goes. I don't strike it. Out like a butterball. She twists words like a pop or writing definitions in the discovery channel, a dictionary. She sees oceans, sheer fortitude. She sees me in my own world. I'm caught from myself. He loves me. Proclaims he does, loves me anyway, but she claims he does, especially when I'm speeding, when I miss the moment, and I turn, oh God, she saved me again from her. I'll do a roundabout with my eyes closed, can't see oncoming traffic. You know how those things go in like, those eastern states where you just roll, 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 roll around, and everybody's got the yield, but not me. I got one minute. She was there two seconds later, and he was dead. I saw her looking at him off the concrete when a 90-mile fucking ambulance hit him. Two seconds later, he was dead. I pulled a bottle of brandy on his grave. He liked brown. So I have enough money in my pocket to pour him one out. I toasted his demise. We were both soldiers in the skies. Big trying to figure out who we were. We were both fucking alcoholics. And I read that. Because I never knew what an alcoholic was until he died. And both of us, walking dead, twisted PTSD, ran through our veins. And we never even healed. And we never even heard the ambulance coming. But he made it out before I did. And I was fucking jealous. Because he got saved before I did. It's called Hennessy. My name is Glenn Three times is the charm. Great piece, honey. Get to your work, girl. <laughs> All right, Mr. Glenn Steele, tell everyone how they can find you now. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to get off of everything with social media just because. So... I mean, I'm on Facebook every once in a while. I will get, you know what, just fucking Google me. Because you really don't want to know what I'm saying because it's going to hurt. So, with that (laughs) said. The best (laughs) self-promoter in the world. You don't want to hear what I'm saying and I'm off social media. (laughs) That's how you can find me. (laughs) Goofball. 
Yeah, it's just a gambit. It's a gamble, you know. It really <laughs> is. I'm sure I've got. I've, I'm sure I've got many, many money, many money people asking me right now on this thing. People you've never even seen their digits before. It's like, will this motherfucking sell his shit? And I'm like, no. And so just Google me. Find me <laughs> on Facebook. Because I ain't about selling. I'm about writing. And I'm the only awesome. motherfucker you'll ever you'll ever know that's about that one thing. I don't give a fuck about money. I just give a fuck about writing. And right now I'm traveling. I'm in the hotel room right now in the most stupid place in the world I can ever venture. And I'm like loving it. Because when I step out the store after I'm done with you, I'm going to write another fucking poem. What's up, girl? And you're, you're going to come back and read it, right? You're not, in the arm, yeah. you're not in armpit New Mexico, are you? Because that's like the end of the world there. I broke down there once. I'm in I'm in Hillers Point, so I'm I'm all lately I've always been on the East Coast. You know, I travel I you know, uh I go to California because I can but I'm really not supposed to be there so um I might <laughs> say this with uh, a little bit of fortitude. If you're technically T C S I you don't really know who the fuck I am. So fuck you. You know. This, they, they, I never, I'm not even going there. Uh, All right, Glenn. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, babe. All right. Oh, you didn't right, me back, right? Yes, always. All right. All right. Thank you, honey. All right. Mr. Glenn Steele, Google him, you guys. He's awesome. I've known him a lot of years. We'll be going on 13 years this year. We'll be our 13th season on the air with you guys, and I've known him even longer than that, long, long time ago, when I first started out on Internet radio back in the day when when I was nobody. <laughs> and and now I'm somebody who everyone wishes I forgot her name. I'm serious, you guys. Okay, I can't get this out of my head. It is it is stuck in there. If I, I'm going to have this bumper sticker made, and it is going to be on my little adventure truck that I go out in the boonies with, right? But you guys, seriously, somebody out there has to promise me. This is what my bumper sticker is going to say. If I die a boring death, take me to the mountains and stuff my pockets with bacon. Somebody out there has to promise me they will do that. <laughs> if I die a boring death, take my body to the mountains and stuff my pocket full of bacons. And I'm going to have that bumper sticker made, and I'm putting it on my truck because that is like somebody's going to have to take me serious. <laughs> All right. So we are having some issues with the lines. If you guys are trying to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. They are working on getting the lines back open if you're on stay on if you're not on and you're getting that fast busy signal please keep trying it will put you on eventually i want to say hello to bobby miller who is listening in tonight all the way from wyoming in the hospital to boot 
listening to you guys. He's convinced we're all nerds, by the way, not really trying to call him out or anything like that because I do love him so dearly. But he does think that you, we are all nerds, you know, because he, he is a, a rock friend of mine. And, and he was listening one day when I was telling you guys about, you know, you guys are really going to think I'm a nerd now when I tell you I play with rocks. And he said, what? Rocks is what makes you a nerd and not the poetry? So, yeah, I'm calling him out. Anyway, Bobby, just want to tell you, glad you're listening tonight. Welcome here and that I love you and everything's going to be awesome there for you and get better and all that good stuff. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to. I'm just talk, talking to him about that. Never mind, I can't say that. I can't say that on the air. I can't talk about God. Oh, my God. All right. I want to let Area Codes. I'm going to play a track here in a minute because I got yelled at. Today is the first show of the month. And on the first, the agreement, my agreement for you guys, uh, because I never did this, um, for the last year and a half has been on the first, because I would never read any of my stuff. Um, but we're having line issues, so I'm not going to feel bad doing it tonight. Um, but the first show of every month that I would play a track of mine or I would read something. And uh, since tonight's the first show first show of the month, I've gotten like, you guys can't get on the line, but you're sure emailing me saying, you forgot to play your track, Nyla. And it's like, uh, I feel so haunted and stalked, you guys. Knock it off. <laughs> So I am going to play a track of mine. Um, in fact, let's go ahead. I want to let area code 832 again. 832, no, you are not on the air. If you want to come on the air, please press 1. That will put you on. Um, I've got a, actually got a couple different tracks that I'm going to play here real quick while I work on these lines. But we're going to start off. I don't know which one to play. Um, when dreams come knocking or walls never silent. Dream comes knocking is weird. We'll play the weird one. Okay. This is mine. Guys can quit yelling. Here you go. <laughs> Dreams come knocking. Thoughts like slivers come delivered through the keyhole of a door so long closed. Cloistered in repose, I drink ink like bourbon. The locks, drawn in crayon, rattle on the walls as I wander the halls, picking paper wallflowers to wear in my hair. I know you're there. Words buzz around me like insects pecking at my dark glasses. After a while, they fall.
It's more than words. You're willing to risk. It's nothing more. And nothing more simple than this. When dreams come knocking. When dreams come knocking. That was Dreams Come Knocking, and I am right in the middle of a, a talk with Tex. We got like emails saying you didn't play it last month either. I'm playing both of mine t- so you guys can stop this and stop being silly. And then I'm going to play a piece actually uh, so I can finish talking to Tex and finding out what's wrong with these lines here um, called We Are the Lions by Spoken Cinema. So this one's called, uh, the next one I'm going to play is Walls Never Silent. It's one of mine. And you'll hear the other one. And then you guys can stop yelling at me. Walls never silent. It's the mornings that are the hardest. Walking by the closed door. The room empty now of the bed. Where you used to dream. I try not to go in there. You are still too thick in the air. On walls, never silent, every kiss has become a shadow that prints still warm, all whispering reminders. Echoes of poetry float aimlessly searching, painfully unfinished. Stars I used to cling to have turned to cheap plastic on the ceiling, crowded by fingerprints of fingertips that used to be my universe, your mark left behind from where you had to retrieve me. I still smell your skin. The inhale of it lies too light on my tongue, too heavy on my heart. And everything, everything is stained with this. I want to open the door and see you there. I want to make love to the sound of your breathing again. You never knew I used to watch you sleeping. The mornings were mine, and I was free to paint on your eyelids, your still lips, on warm skin and open palms, all the secrets I never told you. I never hid my love from you then. They were mine, sweet, endless, moments. And in those moments, I was a stranger to you. I don't have a problem with pornography. 
I mean, I don't get upset when I see sexually exploitive commercials. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> those are usually my favorite ones. I mean, I don't know what her ass has to do with my hamburger, but I'm going to drive through the very next day. I have a problem with violent movies or images or the word bitch. Don't have a problem with jokes about women. In fact, I freely admit there are times where I sit back with my fellas and kick back, talk about some bitch and how I wish I could hit that, talk openly in public places. I'm concerned if your kids laugh. I mean, it's just words, just jokes, just dudes talking shit that you never expect is going to get back. However, I do have a problem with violence and cruelty and rape and abuse. And even if we know it's just me. It's just you. It's just a few harmless chokes between me and my dudes. It still perpetuates a culture where it's easy to confuse the link between the jokes and the bruise, between her getting choked and what's just jokes between dudes. And if there's a connection between the things I don't have a problem with and the things that I do, then perhaps I need to rethink my views on the way we view women and how many views sexually exploitive images get on YouTube. My best friends have beautiful children. And if what I have to do to keep their daughters from getting raped or harassed or abused is choose to accept domestic violence as a man's issue too, then I'll do that. And if their sons grow to be like the men that they see, so it's on me to live like the men I want them to be, then I will do that too. And when they're of a certain age, I will tell them this story I heard when I was young about this village being terrorized by lions. See, every so often in this village, the villagers would wake to find beds ransacked, bodies torn, and for some odd reason, the bodies were always female. Panicked, uh, the men of the village started sleeping in shifts to make sure at least one man was always watching. Despite that, the lions came. Too worried to sleep now, the mothers crept to the beds of their babies, and there, watching over them, they learned why the victims were never men. Because on random nights, for unknown reasons, as the fog crept in and the moon caught in the branches, the boys and men of the village became the very thing the women they loved feared most. When I was young, I thought that story was about lions. It's not. See, we are children, the monsters are under the bed. When we are adults, the monsters have moved. They are inside us. They fight us. They climb in bed beside us. And so to stay safe from danger, we raise our girls to believe they must avoid it. And we raise our boys to believe they must become it. And so they do. And then one day, they grow up to discover they are the lions. They are the ones you're watching out for. They are the ones. We ask her, what did you do? When we should ask him, what have you done? But we don't. As if we can't blame him, as if it's her fault for failing to accept that being safe around men, that's not safe to expect. I mean, she got in a cage with a lion. She deserves what she gets. And as men, we have to reject that mindset or the violence won't end. We have to accept most often it starts in the hands and hearts and minds of men. And we are the lions time and again. And if we aren't the lions, we are on their side. Too often standing proudly in defense of the pride, perhaps afraid that if we stand with women against the lion, we will ourselves be devoured. And so, ironically, to prove we aren't cowards, we become cowards. To prove we aren't weak, we become weak. To prove we are still lions, we become sheep, unwilling to do the one thing that must be done. Speak. And our silence chokes as heavy as hands. It stings in every black eye where men stand. Violence lives or dies. And that is why to call this just a women's issue is a lie. We must be involved. This is a problem that cannot be solved without silence. If we want to end the violence, 
We must speak. We must act. One in five women are raped by men. We must own that fact. 640,000 women and girls are trafficked for sex annually. We must own up to that. Three women are killed each day by men who say they love them. That fact is ours and ours alone. Domestic violence is ours to own. This is what we must understand. This violence ends where it starts in the hands and in the hearts and in the minds of men because we are the lions. Time and again. How does the tongue move? A rich boy's tongue clangs inside me like an anxious bell. A rich boy's tongue is a polished shovel, unaccustomed to dirt, digging in the dark. A rich boy's tongue moves like begging in a foreign language, moves like flipping dictionary pages with a bandaged thumb. But the working man's tongue glides. Wet as unexpected rain, the working man's tongue moves like chopping wood in November. Strong, necessary, moves like painting fences, strokes firm, fast, specific. Troy's tongue taught me taste. Troy didn't talk much. He used his tongue for more useful things. His hands built homes, repaired rooftops, skin rough from shelter making. Troy's tongue couldn't spin words, but his eyelashes could kiss, and his tongue knew how to work, because his hands taught his tongue, and his legs taught his hands, and empty bellies teach the body how to move out of need, how to need a body. Troy's tongue needed my insides, and to shape fingers couldn't draw. He smelled of sweat, pot, soap, spoke the language of Pool sticks and carburetors. Troy's tongue discovered me coal mine deep. We didn't tell each other stories. We moved. And tongues translate in touch. Only once it was too quiet. In the front seat of his Cadillac hearse, our tongues silent, still as driveways on black hot June nights. And there were so many things I didn't know about the scar on his elbow, his left knee trembling, a broken furnace in February, and fists, his father. Instead, I asked his favorite flower. His mouth pulled me tulips. And then there's nothing else to say. So he tasted my core while the crickets breathed and spoke to me in pupils dilating because Troy didn't talk. He moved, and words like love turned the tongue traitor. Tongue means language in over 20 tongues. Troy's tongue was not language, like muscles are not alphabet. Troy's tongue moved like athlete, like acrobat, like oak tree falling. And slow, too, moved in me like blooming, moved in me like stirring spring. And I moved like gasping red petals opening. Our tongues taste before they ever learn to speak. Y'all all right? All right, so I, I tend to write like 
love and erotic pieces in addition to socially conscious and political. And I'm not going to do any erotic pieces tonight. However, um, I got an email from somebody, and it was explaining to me how if I didn't stop doing erotic poetry, that me in particular, you know, I in particular, was going to go to hell. <laughs> and they weren't joking. I mean, they was like reciting Bible verses and so on and so forth. It was as if the email came from God or someone who felt that they were. So I wrote this next piece called Proselytizing. When Benjamin Franklin said, never tell all you know, nor judge all you see, believe me, Ock, that applied to me. But from the privacy of your world, you bombarded me with emails talking about, if I don't use my blessings to write what you would write, if you were me, then I'm going to hell. Well, which one of us is already ready to meet their maker for their beliefs at this very moment? Your faith seemed weak when placed beside the truly enlightened, don't it? You should choose your opponents more wisely, namely somebody beside me. You don't understand the spirits that guide me. When did you become God enough to judge what's inside me? How could I allow a self-righteous coward to pretend to have the type of power that thou would in my presence? You don't even understand the universe's lessons. Scared to return to the essence. Rather than passing judgment, you should be asking questions. You need to learn to be humble before you stumble upon a world which you will wish you didn't know exist. So stay out of my affairs and maintain your ignorant bliss. And all this because the poet performed an erotic poem and he felt like his girl might ignore him when the poet was just trying to show him how to keep his own love from getting born. And in his anger, he prophesizes that the poet's soul is in danger, which is dumb because where does the would-be proselytizer think that the messenger gets his messages from? Like Confucius. No investigation, no right to speak. And if you want to be a clown and pretend that you can condemn my soul a damnation, then don't write to me. Claiming to live righteously and honest, pointificating in your pajamas. See me in the venue but ain't got shit to say until you're safely in the bedroom across the hall from your mamas. And the saddest thing about your kind is you have no idea what the time is. Don't understand what type of spirit Talam is. Can't understand the ancestors that surround this. See, life is mathematic and your soul is off balance about as righteous as the Israelites when Moses is in the mountains. You think my days are numbered? We'll start counting. But if you're thinking you're spiritual, stop it, because your only concept of God comes from a man who's got his hands deep in your pocket. Why the hell you think they call him a prophet? Whenever you got money, he gonna need you to come off it. Parasite. Take your money, tell you lies, lust for your wife. And now you want to use his advice to tell me how to live my life, when I already know it's possible to be myself and still live in God. Trying to convince me of otherwise is ludicrous. Besides, the man who says that it cannot be done should at least be smart enough to keep the hell out of the way of the man who was already doing it, doing it, doing it. My sister is strong of heart and strong of mind. She stands like my mother once stood, proud and on the world. The same world I stand upon, not as proud of myself as I am of them. I speak warmly of women who endure through tenacity and sensibility, creativity and desire, power and awareness, women who persevere and stand proud and on the world. And I avoid women who whine, and the ones who point fingers and complain, the ones who chide and blame others for their failures, sexuality, or worldview. 
I prefer strong women. Ones who leap barriers like real women. Not like men or gazelles or bats, but with all the grace and strength of true women. And I like intelligent women. Women who know how to hold their own, toe-to-toe against any man or anything that stands on this world. Women with original thought and insight, because that's how I was raised. I prefer strong women, not cat-fighting women, breast-pounding bodybuilders, or cookie-cutter fashion show runway whores, or women who use men as models. Women who know history, who know men are more than a rampaging army of cyclop cocks. Women who know children are more than leverage, who know the world on which they stand and draw power from it. Women who are leaders, women who can process and comprehend, women who are great thinkers. And women who don't like me saying that are probably not that. I like women who can look you in the eye. No pretense, no false flattery, no apologies, no thanks. I've been challenged by many, topped by a few, slapped in the face by some, and shot to hell by a couple in particular, but I still like strong women, no matter what you think. I don't happen to like weak, whiny women, just as I despise weak, whiny men. I can't pretend they're worth my time. If you're a weak woman, blame me now and get it over with. Keep crawling. But if you're a woman who possesses greatness, we have nothing to worry about. You wouldn't let someone like me get in your way anyway. And when I say something good about a woman, and when I say something bad about a woman, take a good look at the woman of which I speak and judge us fairly as you stand or kneel on this earth. the hydropods with strong women i'm going to go ahead and try to bring on 832 our lines are basically down i've lost all lines except for this one we're going to see if we're able to get them on if they can hear me 832 can you hear me 832 are you there okay so i am going to go ahead and mute them again I will play another track, and then we'll go back because they've got their hand up now. So 832, I will come back and get you in just a moment, my darling. All right, let's go ahead and play another track real quick. Let's do Andrea Gibson with Truth. Here we go. I was little. My mother was a bank teller. I called her a fortune teller. She nicknamed me Panji. Not Pangea. I was never in one piece. The first time I called someone ugly, my heart had an ice cream headache for three weeks. Tell that to my future. Say the moon doesn't care to be a bully when it's full. I was running for myself on empty. Not much made sense. Like the Russians didn't like us because they couldn't afford blue jeans. What I knew is that I wasn't killing spiders because I was scared of them. I was killing them because they were scared of me. You can have a cold war with yourself, even in the summertime. I watched the rocks get slapped by the sea. I knew the sea was made of the same stuff as tears. That meant if you were hurting, you could understand the sharks. Maybe carry them between your ears. Maybe hear the word love and start running from the teeth. I was running around with a panic in my chest. The teacher said, silence is golden. I wanted to say silence is bronze at best. 
but I'd already time-capsuled my voice box, hoping someday I'd be either brave or scared enough to dig it out and open it all the way up. That's how I got here, in this old rocking chair, typing with my grandma's thimbles on my fingers. Every poem is something being sewn. Every poem is me asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Years after, they told me I was already home. My love's feet were still not welcome on the welcome mat. But you never seen bridges that could arch like that. So we crossed the river to where the echo took us in. That's how I learned bouncing back is about being honest with the canyon. That's how I got the see-through skin, this glow-in-the-dark fear. This here's my shame on a silver plate. I know it's the one meal all of us share. I know how much time we spend sleeping beneath our beds because somebody told us that's where the monsters should hide. Y'all, everyone is going to pick a side on whether they're good or bad, whether you are kind or cruel. But what if the quickest route to loving ourselves is deciding it's all true, every bit of it. I was not a child the last time I threw a full tantrum fit in the grocery store. I was not poor the last time I stole someone's heart like it wasn't worth my change. I do not need air traffic control to tell me there have not been enough flights for me to lose all of my baggage, but I am learning to claim it at the same carousel where I am learning beating yourself up is never a fair fight. Only knocks the wind out of our chances to come clean through that canyon, to be exactly who we are, so we might become exactly who we want to be. So if our baggage is to run, we will one day learn to run like we sing, like someone took apart a cello to build our hamstrings. This is me running straight into your arms to tell you my skyscraper heart might still be afraid of heights. Your dark side might still be searching for its stars, but the acoustics are still amazing. And our meteor showers, the light will never be out of your league. You were the first one picked for your own team. Our underdog hearts are winning this game even when we're doing it all wrong, even when we're falling apart. Sometimes it takes a storm for the whole sea to start doing the wave. I know it took a storm for the message in the bottle to finally reach my shore, to teach me how to write my entire life using only the shift key to mess up, to bounce back to let myself be the hinge that keeps opening the door to look you straight in the eye to tell you I didn't come here to write my heart out I came to write it in
<laughs> oh, that's a good song. You should you should uh, play that on the radio. You play a good song about the about the stuff on the radio and, and, and all that kind of stuff there. It's good to hear your voice. Sorry, I must have missed the last call in. I forgot to punch one and all that stuff. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> You're here now. That's all that matters. Oh, okay. That's good. How's everything going? It's going absolutely wonderful. Absolutely That's wonderful. It's easy. been a great week, and I'm getting ready to go on vacation, and I'm excited, and life is good. Well, that's yeah. That's a coincidence. I'm going. To, I'm going to Chicago. Where you? Uh, maybe you don't want to know. Let let people know. But I'm going to Chicago. You just. You just uh, <laughs> well, see, you could stay pretty lost somewhere. in Chicago. If I told you where I was going, you somebody could literally stalk me and find me. But I can tell you this: I'm going up on the top of a mountain in an old gold mining district and camping out on a claim. And I am going to be sitting there in my little boots and my jeans and my little hat. And I'm going to be in a creek panning for gold for a week in the mountains. And it is going to be amazing. Yes, wow. I'm a nerd. Wow. You're going to be a, a 49er. Uh, 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 California is a big state. They won't find you. You're going to I'm going to be yeah, a, a peculiar, unruly woman. Oh, peculiar. You're not peculiar. Pecu- Wait a I, I am going to be that peculiar, unruly woman on the mountain for a whole week. Yep, I Ooh. am. <laughs> oh, okay. You got transportation? Hee-haw. Hee-haw. You got transportation? <laughs> I do. All right. That's good. That's good. Just, hey, bring some bear spray and and something to protect yourself because we don't want to lose you. We don't want to lose you. Oh, uh, get some gold nuggets, count? come back rich, come back rich with gold nuggets and all that stuff. Uh, what did you say? I'm sorry. I said I have a 38. Does that count? Yeah, 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 and some bear spray. Bear, uh, what is okay. that stuff? Yeah, bear spray. Bear maze. Yeah, yeah, bear spray. Bear maze, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, you got to have that. Just yeah, uh, they're, they're hungry, and they, they, uh, you'll be a nice morsel. You don't want to be a morsel. <laughs> I don't want to be a morsel. I want. I want to be. I, I don't want yeah. to be a morsel. I want to be a mouthful. Whoa! What? What's that sexual talk? Wait a minute now. <laughs> Very nice. See, Very it always nice. comes down to food with you, doesn't it? <laughs> well, those the the three the three things. You know, you got to have food. You got to have sleep, and and you got to have the other thing too. So. That, but did you hear at the beginning thing. of the show? I don't want to be a morsel. No, I want no, to be a I mouthful. There's in. a reason I say that, okay? So okay. we're talking about bears eating me right now, right? Earlier on the show, I was talking about I want to have a bumper sticker made for my little truck I take off on my adventures in, right? I want to have a bumper sticker made for it on this this quote that I wrote that I think is really cool. It was just something I said the beginning of the show, but the more I think about it in my head, the more I'm convinced I want this to be a bumper sticker because I want it to be true. And that is, which makes this conversation between you and I so ironic, is I want a bumper sticker that says, if I die a boring death, take me to the mountains and stuff my pockets with bacon. Oh, oh yeah, wait a minute. I, I must have came in. That was like 10 o'clock our time in, in New York. 
So, yeah, yeah, I did hear about the bacon, and I was thinking, well, if it's warm, crispy, uh, uh, slightly greasy bacon, that's the best That's the best kind of bacon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, even if they had a hint, a hint of maple flavor to it, it would make it just, I mean, that's, what else can you say? That's, that's like heaven. Exactly, mm. exactly. Yeah. Warm, crispy, maple leaf. put bacon in my pocket, yeah. prop me against a tree somewhere, and let the cougars have me, because then it won't be a boring death. I want a good headline. Uh, the, you're going to have, you're gonna have the, the lizards or whatever. You're gonna, they're going to have to be fighting some, some poets to get, get at your bacon-filled pocket. <laughs> exactly. She was torn apart by three cougars and seven bears. It was a feeding frenzy. <laughs> no, no, you messed up. Three cougars, seven bears, and 12 poets. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Y'all better not dumber party me when I die. That's not allowed. Of course, that wouldn't be a boring death either. Talk show host eaten by fans. The... No, we're trying to get to the bacon. Uh, they're going to be fighting over you. Uh, like, uh, uh, Let me get to those uh, warm Oh, so pockets. fuck Nyla. It's all about the bacon, huh? Oh, you you want to I'm kind of I'm kind of hurt now, you guys. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Wow! If, wow! If, Fuck Nyla! Well, we want the bacon. <laughs> Wait, it's a toss-up between the scrumptious Nyla and the warm, <laughs> greasy bacon. So it's a toss-up. <laughs> All right, so fine. I'd take the bacon too. <laughs> You're right. It'll be a t- big old toss up. It's like uh, she's got a bag for a uh, 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 what is it? A brown greasy bag of bacon, or, or you or you or you want to? No, no, you don't want to taste Nyla. No, that's all right. I'm sorry. That's that's grotesque. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. So sorry. Uh, no rump roast and toe jam, right? Oh, oh, uh oh, toe jam and rump roast. Oh, oh, oh! That sounds like a s'more. That sounds like a s'mores thing. It sounds like uh, uh, s'mores on a. You're warming it up on a campfire. No, 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 Nyla. You don't want to be warmed up on a campfire. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no you don't want that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. You may get some creepy calls now. After me, you're going to get some creepy calls. It's coming like, oh, Nyla, I didn't know. They like bacon. A bacon and Nyla s'mores. Ooh. Oh, that's Put so the lotion nice. in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Lotion with marshmallows and Nyla and bacon. Um, yum. Crispy. Crispy and a lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise and toast. Mmm. Mmm. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, have have a great time. Be safe. Come back. Do all the good things that you would like to do to recharge your batteries and stuff like that. That'd be great. I will. I will do that. I promise. I will be safe, you guys. Yeah, take take oh, take a few pictures uh, of your of your surround, surroundings, or, or you don't want to 
identify for the next year. That's your favorite spot, right? Uh, wherever you're going. This that's, this that's actually like your... will be my first time there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not your your secret spot. Your your go-to no. spot when you want to do uh uh do your recharging and stuff. Okay. This is a this is a totally new place. So you get some new batteries. You get the new batteries. Batteries. <laughs> battery depot. Battery depot. Battery depot. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> Discount battery depot. Where now let's gonna go. <laughs> Discount, discount, discount battery depot. That's where none of them go. Sorry, I'm kind of silly today. Sorry. You're allowed. Sorry. Well, I'm okay. Oh, he said I'm a hug. Oh, you're a hug, you too. What's you talking about? Oh, oh, you mean I'm supposed to do the portrait? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to do the portrait. Here you go. This title came to me in a dream, so here we go. It's, the title was called The Nude Dreams of the Three Gods. Fouling enough creations, they vowed to take a vacation to see what they could see. But first, a little rest. One god lay in the gutter for years sleeping crimes and the utter failure. Titty bars and tears. God number two slept amongst the clouds, snored so loud the thunder could hardly hear. The third god, wait, the third god slept in the ocean, tossed and turned so tsunami splashed from shore to shore. The one god slept, walked into a different reality, never to be seen again. God number two, Wet dreamed her way to a global catastrophe, waking to find a divine toilet, changed her mind, and went back to sleep again. The Holy Ghost God woke up from a nightmare, sweating in a fever picture, and with a loud scream, declared he would never dream again. Forever, he stands and the statue. Reality suffered of the three gods, nothing that was, something has ever been. The new dreams of the three gods. Thank you. That was amazing, love. Thank you, Nyla, with the bacon in your pockets. I smell it from here. I smell it. Oh, so crispy. You know how bacon smells when you're cooking it and it's fresh and, oh, bacon in the pockets. 
Yeah, yeah. that's the new cologne. That's the new cologne. That's no, the new right? Cologne. You know the other thing? If I, I swear, God, if I basil, I love the smell of basil. And it's really funny. Every time I'll go to the store and they buy those, you buy the fresh basil plants, I'll grab a leaf off of it and I'll like rub it behind my ear because then I smell like basil. They should make basil perfume. And I run around smelling wow, like a yeah, basil yeah, all day. yeah. That sounds good. I like I like mint. I've got mint growing my bedroom window. So mint, mint, uh, even dry mint uh, is growing. I, I had to cut it back because mint is crazy. You know how mint grows? It's just crazy. It grow everywhere. I do. So I, I do. I used to have some in my yard. Yeah, it grows everywhere. Just to cut it off, and just smell it. I mean, uh, in- insects don't like it, but hey, smells good to me. I'm not an insect. I'm good. <laughs> this is a good thing. Yes, it is. Mint is a good thing. Minty mint. Minty mint and basil. Well, basil, basil is so close to food, you know, uh, pasta and stuff like that, uh, pesto and stuff like that. Man. I want to smell like Man. comfort food. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, you're so, you're so, you're so, uh, what's the word? Uh, appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're doing, I'm talking about food again, and it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Appetizing, appetizing, just the food. I mean, that basil was so close to it. it, I mean, man, yeah, I could smell that with some tomatoes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, my darling, tell people how to find you. Oh, yes, yes. What what, what, what I do last time, I try, hopefully I didn't come out creepy talking about, uh, I find uh, they can find me when they find you or something like that. Or, or I think I said something like that. So that's too creepy. I don't want to creep you guys out. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> Charles C.B. Banks, Charles C.B. Banks, and then I'll be looking for the looking for the ladies with the bacon in the pockets. That's a come on, hey. That's almost like like um, uh, uh, training training a puppy or something like. Yeah, pocket full of bacon. <laughs> Man, puppy will follow you I am you training anywhere. a puppy right now. I know, right? Down, down, down. Yeah. You don't yeah. listen worth a shit. Yeah. The bacon in the pocket. He just wants to, cr- you know, crawl up there and just nuzzle. Nuzzle with the No, he's like six months old. All he thinks about is every time I walk in the room, he tries to hump me. It is like the most, he thinks I'm his woman. Seriously, it's quite frightening. Oh, oh. It's not uh, my 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 daughter has a dog about that age. You were telling me about that. She's got to send him to what uh, uh, some type of training. Uh, half Obedient. German Shepherd, half uh, half uh, what is he? Half uh, Husky or something like that. So German Shepherd is obedient, but the Husky is like a wild man. So that's the part about the Husky. Yeah, this uh, one this one is Husky, and he's fifty. Or 50% gray wolf, 25% husky, and the rest is Alaskan Malamute and Shepherd. Whoa, you got your hands full. He's going to be big, too. Man. Yes, he's 70 Man. pounds right now, and he he's actually five between five months and one week old. So however old that is. Yeah, five weeks. So he's Uh-oh. not quite six months yet. 
Yeah, get him, in, get him into training. You don't want you don't want him dragging you all over the place when he has the wheel has the wheel. Oh, he walks on the leash that. really well. He's just he's got oh. the baby hornies is all. He's he's a really well behaved dog, but he's just he's got that the baby hornies. Oh, the shoulder harness type deal. Is it the shoulder mm-hmm. around the chest and? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, he walks really well on a leash. He's really good. Oh, okay. That's good, that's good. You, are you taking him with you or not? No. I am. Oh, okay, okay. Got enough dog food. Oh, of course you're going to have a big pocket full of bacon, but uh, save, save him some so, you know, can have a BLT or <laughs> I'm something. I'm not putting it in my pockets. I don't want to be found eaten by my own dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, hopefully not. You'll be okay. What, what kind of headline would that be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pockets half eaten off or whatever. Not uh, your pockets. That's your pockets. He's he's going to stop when they get to the person. He's going to eat your pocket. Okay. You just okay. have holes in your pocket. That's all. <laughs> That's all. All right. Well, all right, hey, Nyland. <laughs> Enjoy your, enjoy your conversation and, and what you're doing. Have a great vacation and come back refreshed and reviewed and, and renewed. I will. I will. All right, sweetie. We'll talk to you soon. All righty. All right. You take care now. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 608. 608, you're on the air. Hey, Fuzzy Herman mm-hmm. in the woods. Fuzzy Herman in the woods. Mm-hmm. How are you? How you doing? Oh, okay. Just, just okay. You'll be doing better when you get good news here this week. Yeah. Um, looking at a picture. What are those yellow things? What yellow things? On your post. They're plums. Plums are yellow? Uh-huh. They're little ones. I just found out. They're wild plums growing across the street from my house. I've never seen yellow ones. They're just purple ones. Yeah. They have red ones. Maybe that's what I was saying. Dark, dark, yeah, they're dark, dark red. Haven't had any of those in a while. Actually, a long time. Like 15 plus years. <laughs> no, wait a second. I think I bought some in town once years ago. Been so long since I've been to that store, I don't remember. Bought some apricots today, but they won't be here till Monday. So the the humpy leg thing is isn't isn't what you think it is. It's it's a dominance thing. I, was I know telling what it my is. friend Gary about that, and that I may not have mentioned this to you. That there are a lot of things that I learned from mine. Female dogs will do the same thing. Uh, 
I have seen it with my own eyes. But they, I think Abby tried it once with me, but the f- most hilarious thing I ever saw was Abby, who was about 110, and Yang. This is it Yang? Yang was 150. If it was Yang or if it was, um may have been one of her grandsons or one of her sons. Humping from the front. Not from behind, from the front. So she jumped on their head. But I've also seen it from the back, too. She did this. So I, it's a dominance thing for both males and females. She was letting everybody know she was a boss. But there's a problem. What? He is not the boss of me. <laughs> right. But see, that's why I said in my message that he's challenging your alpha status. That's what he's doing. And so when Abby used to do that to some of the other males, and she may have done it to him. She didn't do it to her daughters, and I don't think she. I don't know if she did it to Yin. Um, she was doing it to establish to reinforce her alpha status as they got older, so that they they knew who was boss. And I'm pretty sure that she actually did that before I lost Merlin, which was in August of '08. Yeah, it had to have been. So the youngest ones were eight, four, two. So they were already over. The, the grandsons and the granddaughter were already over 100 pounds. But Sheila was about 100, maybe 90. We're, we're we're figuring it out. It just takes Could a little time. Could you bring us tonight, love? Uh, I think I'll read this. Just kind of the title caught my eye. I have two different titles to it. Wow, that's weird. Let's see. The first title, the title title, is Mindfulness and Escape into the Mind's Eye. But then where I normally write the title, it says... Escape into the mind's eye. So this is how it goes. It has been another bad summer. Heat. And worst of all, the very high humidity and dew points. They are so high, the air is thick, difficult to breathe, and everything is damp. There is even mold growing outside. I know because I smelled it when I was outside the other day. 
All I can say is this. I'm done. I retreat into both the air conditioned inside my home and into my mind's eye to survive. The air conditioning helps me to survive physically. Retreating into my mind's eye helps me survive on a much deeper level. Mindfulness is a big part of my daily practice. Observing all my thoughts and emotions as they pass through my consciousness. Pictures and video within my mind's eye help me cope. So may I say it is an escape. For me, it is an integral part of the tools to survive. A white blanket covering a landscape with pine trees cradling and poem. Wow. That was incredible. Thank you. That was really incredible. I don't have any air conditioning anymore. It died. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, maybe in a couple of days you will. Hopefully. I wrote that back uh, three years ago in August. I really like it. I think it. this is... Thank you. Glad you did. I think this is probably summer number five. Yeah. It's either summer number five or six in a row where it hasn't been dry. But fortunately, we haven't had any rain since the weekend, which I think is the longest for about a month. Hey, did you have a second one you want to read? I'm looking here. Um, Let me check a couple here. I'm looking here. This one's entitled Releasing the Soul. The silence speaks to me. It calls me away from the noise, away from society. I have broken my ties from my past. And I do my best to look forward 
but more often I get stuck. Past events that haunt my being, emotions that crave to be expressed. Some are just feelings without voice, waiting for the right moment for their freedom. I journey inward to rescue my soul. It ran away many years ago, and it still hides in the shadows most days. But it comes out at night when the wolves howl unafraid because they are my brothers and sisters of truth and light. They teach me the old ways, knowledge most have forgotten, and others reject this knowledge out of fear. Maybe that's why they fear me, or at least why they keep their distance. A wolf does not bite unless it is hungry. I do not feed on humans for their taste is tainted with greed, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking, arrogance, omnipotence, and dishonesty. Sometimes I cry for them. Sometimes I feel disdain. Sometimes I feel rage. And sometimes I just feel sad. Most have lost their way, disconnected from the essence of life, housed in concrete and plastic jungles. They fear nature. They fear where their ancestors came from. They fear their past, doomed to repeat it over and over and over. Lost souls seeking life and fulfillment in and through inanimate objects. Automatons, sheeple being led to their slaughter by the most vocal of extremists. Do they fear to think for themselves? I believe some do. And some were trained, were trained by their parents to never question authority. I say, Question everything and everyone. Question everything you have ever been taught, especially what you were forced that. Do the blind lead the blind? Do the blind fear to lead? Open your eyes and your hearts. Open your souls. You can see with your eyes closed, but do you see the truth, your truth? Or are you too afraid to acknowledge who you've become? Are you a carbon copy of your parents? Or have you become your own individual self? It's easy to follow in someone else's footsteps. Do you have the courage to make your own path? Break free from the mundane and common. Be true to yourself. It's your life, not your parents or anyone else's. Can you hear your small voice inside, the one that speaks to you when no one else is near? 
It speaks your truth. It is your soul and ancient voice that calls to be set free. Will you listen or will you ignore its cries? If you ignore it, it will eat you emotionally from the inside out, even when you sleep. Sit and breathe. Feel your energy radiate from within. It radiates outward, even beyond your physical body and touches everything. Do you want to radiate the cries, the pain, the loss, the rage of an imprisoned soul? Or do you desire to choose to radiate the truth and joy of your freed soul? And poem. That was beautiful, one sapien. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Great job. All right, so I am going to call you tomorrow and touch bases with you before I leave town. I'm going to get out of town for a couple of days. I've got a doctor's appointment, and then I'm running away. Um, so, yeah. I will call you before I head out of town, okay? See how things are going. Are leaving Saturday? Tomorrow. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be leaving tomorrow. Long weekend. Mm-hmm. I won't be back till the 11th. Oh, that's a long weekend. Mm-hmm. I want to do it before, I mean, you know some of the stuff coming up, so I've got a couple pretty big things coming up, but I also have a doctor's appointment coming up. So just in case they tell me I can't do anything, I'm going to do it before they tell me I can't. So this is like the only time right now that I can do this. So, because the rest of the month and the rest of the month and everything else is going to be crazy. And if I come back and they say, oh, well, you're going to have to have this and this and this done, so don't do this and this and this. I'll say, okay, from this day forward, I will not. <laughs> uh, all right, my darling. Unless they, unless they tell you not you, to write. <laughs> no, I can still do that. You can, yeah, I was joking. Um, you can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put it in the search box and you can add Facebook and you can find me there. And the cool composite picture Nyla made for me. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the UK, and the US. And it also has some cool art in it. Check it out, you guys. Show them some love. And talk to you tomorrow. Okay. I'll be around. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Thank you, my dear. Thanks, Nyla. All right. Let's go ahead and try to get area code 832 on the air. 832, are you with me? Yes, Nyla, I'm here. 
Hey, sweetheart. I'm glad I was able to get you on the show tonight. We've got about eight minutes left, so what do you have for us, sweetheart? Um, I have all your prompts that you have given me so far, but some of them I can read them now. And one of the prompts that you have put is uh, she collects them. So I just used it in a different um, tense, but then I did indeed. So she collected them each morning before she goes to offer him. All the flowers in the valley swing their colorful petals. Wait for her to pick them up. Give their love to the ones who need, who are left uncared, unsung, or unborn. And poems for that one. Beautiful, sweetheart. Are you going to read two? Yes, I have two more of which I let you choose which one you want me to do. One Go is, ahead and read uh, them both, the honey. Night. Read them okay, both. Okay, this is another song that you gave me sometime back. It's, it's called When the Night Leaves the Moon. Because um, this is a prompt in return to another poem that has that I have written before. Um when the moon lit the night kind of thing. So uh, this is the opposite of it, when the night lit the moon. When the night lit the moon, the clouds looked like saffron. The tides rose to the skies, causing tsunami all across. Earth was nothing more than platelets, each layer like a blanket. Are, are we here? You can hear me? You can hear me. I can't hear you. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, when the night leaves the moon, the clouds look like saffron. The tides rose to the skies, causing tsunami all across. Earth was nothing Earth more was than platelets, each layer like a blanket, overlap, overlapping the other. History changed. Chaos reigned. Relations changed. Communications totally disrupted and misaligned. When the night lit the moon, flames across the ocean rose to cover the clouds, drowning people, pets, and buildings. Stories of valor, of teachers who sent the kids to safety, or of humanity where pets united families cherished. It was not the material position. After all was lost, it was the human spirit that brought back the courage and rebuilt the city, realized what is great. Not wealth, not possessions, no, not money. It's humanity that matters most, which is nothing less than divinity. Raising hope and rising universal spirit. To help one another, it is not anything less than God's work. His creativity is blooming with every human human's need addressed. That's one in poem. Incredible. Are you going to read one more? Yes. This is, yes. Um, this is just a poem that I wrote. It's called Loving You. As the day reaches 
westward, stretching to hold her watch lazily, the sky yawned and spreads the dark blanket to stars. Another song left unheard, another ray of hope transformed, another game to be played, moving with the speed of sound. I think beyond the sunset in the west is a daylight cooking to sprout in the east. When the dame of night sings her sonnet, stars shine and glitter to perform tonight. Leaves lying around, leaves lying around under the oak trees, rusty yellow, brown, or jaded green. As colors change this fall yet to be seen, who amidst all plays the flute so melodious? Wish I could deck you with jewels. Wish I could build you palaces to stay. Wish I could have the Midas touch. What would it pay if I cannot see you sway? Unlike yesterday, today is better spent. I learned your love, your smile, your bent on things that were never ever meant to steal your peace away, not a moment. Love to see you smile with no worry at heart. Love to hear you sing with joy and happiness, overflowing the rivers, mountains, and skies with love towards the Creator, His creativity. And you know, I could not ask for a better way, Uma, for the show to come to a close. Those were three absolutely amazing pieces. I love you so much, and I'm such a huge fan, and that was awesome. Thank you so very much, Naila. And um, my book is uh, A Few Poems from My Heart, and my name is Uma Pochimpali Goparaju. It's in, it's on Amazon, and this is also available on Kindle Amazon, as well as there is the other poem, poetry book that I wrote, which is called um, The Sunset Sail on a Moonlit Night. It's also published by Blurb Publishers, and it was edited by Mr. Brian Dixon, poet, and uh, it has beautiful work of art, even the way the words are arranged to look at it. So um, these are some of the poems that are around, and there is uh, this poemhunter.com on, in which you can look up for my name, Uma Pochimpalli, as well as I may be having some websites which I'm not sure that I am updating them, but I'm always more or less um, once in a while. I'll definitely be there in Naila Alicia's show. That's Very my cool. introduction. Because Naila okay. has brought me back from the dead. <laughs> Brought you out of hibernation. That's a better analogy. <laughs> yeah. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here with us tonight, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, Naila, and I look forward for more prompts from you. And because these prompts are not just prompts, Naila, they are seeds, like you said, and germinate ideas, and so more and more ideas for poems and poets to start. Oh, I love doing them, and I love hearing what you guys write with them. So it works out win-win. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you soon, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Yes, my love. Have a great weekend. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Bye, my love. Thank All right, you guys, can you tell that's the end of the show? My voice is starting to give out. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to thank everybody for being here tonight and for getting through the line issues that we've had. We did well, I think. We did well. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be an awesome week. Really glad that uh, we had this chance to unwind and share Remember, go out, lick life in the face, write about how it tastes, and we will see you back here next week. I'm going to end the show with a piece by Gregory Schwartz called Burnt Gathering, and we will talk with you guys next week. Bye-bye. A suspended collection of mindless rhyme, and sometimes I am iambic meter time. An inactive collection of interactions, cognizant of the great distraction. A useless collection of regrets and apologies. A lesson that nobody needs but me. A lithe list of listless accomplishments. They waver in the wind, they're rigid and bent. A pocket full of broken promises. The cheating heart's love's dishonest. A timeless collection of broken clocks that get in the way of a world that never stops. <laughs>